105. 105. 105. Wait, how great would it be if it was actually like 102 and we just totally misread it and then we're saying all this for no reason? Anyway, is that what's one? Okay, that wouldn't be great. I don't know why. Because I would have. Well, I guess I didn't. I said I would have made some 102 Dalmatian joke, but I don't think I even did for when we had 101 or 102. You did not. That's it's never too late. That's How about that Disney movie, 105 Dalmatians? Isn't that... There wasn't one, though. I know. Anyway, welcome to episode 105. Some knockoff Disney movies when you were a kid. I did, yeah, like, you know, like all the um, Transmorphers instead of Transformers. Oh, and the Disney. Yeah, but anyway, welcome everyone to episode 105 of the Roundtown Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Angel. And I'm Elvis. And, <laughs> and this episode of the that was quite the intro. And this episode of the show we are calling um, Fresh Ink, as we're gonna be sharing updated impressions of Splatoon now that we've had weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks of updates for the game, including the big two point August update that happened this month of August. So we have all that coming up later in the show, impressions of that. We'll also be announcing our Guacamelee winner at the end of this episode and announcing the kickoff of our next and final summer giveaway series contest, which is for a sealed Ness amiibo. So, end of the show, we have that info. Before we get to all that, though, we have some news to talk about. We're going to be covering the late-breaking news of Pokemon Tournament coming to Wii U. We're going to be talking about the latest Super Mario Maker and Runbow uh, details. The controversy surrounding a Nintendo Treehouse employee who got fired. I think that's the first time there's been a public instance of this. And Jason Sales Corner Amiibo. So, there's timestamps on the site for episode 105. You can use those, find where you're going. But first, let's talk Pokemon Tournament, because that, that news came out essentially nowhere. Yeah. At the Pokemon World Championships in Boston, Nintendo, or well, Pokemon Company, announced um, that they're bringing Pokemon uh, Tournament to the Wii U worldwide in spring 2016. And then they went on to do a full-on invitational with the Japanese arcade version, which was also unexpected. And I didn't get to watch it because I was at work, but I know you I watched, you guys, or at least while you were tuned um, in. I watched, a few ma- I watched a few matches um, when I was live, and then I just watched like Because I missed the beginning, so I saw a few of the early matches later. Right. But, I mean, I guess after they announced that it was coming to Dave & Buster's, I guess I figured, okay, we probably won't hear anything about it for a while. Because I thought they were literally just going to test the waters with Dave & Buster's for a while. Yeah, although it's not officially at Dave & Buster's, but it's officially at Dave & Buster's. Yeah. <laughs> They're a bunch of drunk people playing, playing Pokemon. It. They're expecting to do much better than, like, Tekken, though, because the nostalgia of Pokemon. Like, people, like drunk people are going to be like, I like Pikachu, and they're not going to be like, oh, I love that guy with the pointy white hair. And like, water gun, and he pukes all over the machine. Pretty oh, much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I thought you were doing the impression of what it sounds like no. a margon shooting out of your own mouth, and I was a little confused. I think both but, yeah, but anyway, um, you're saying. Oh. But I don't know, that, that was pretty cool. I was really happy to hear that it's just official now that now it's just, we have kind of a day, we have spring. But, yeah. Oh, and I guess, like, since they had that invitational, which was also really cool that they actually did, they actually got some, some relatively big names on there as far as, like, the fighting game scene goes. Like, mainly Street Fighter Marvel vs. Capcom. Like, Justin mm-hmm. Long, most notably. Like, even some people, like, you know at least who he is, sort of. Yeah, yeah. But... He's one that's transcended just the circuit to be... It doesn't make sense. Enough. I don't remember him ever mentioning anything about playing Pokemon or knowing anything about Pokemon. But he knows about fighting games. Yeah, but the no, thing yeah, is also, like, he also... He, funny, like, he oh. plays a lot of 2D fighters. Like, I don't think he ever competes in Tekken or those 3D fighting games, right? Either way, so. yeah, because he really, I mean, that's what this kind, of, this game mainly revolves around. But there is a two D mode. Either way, I don't know. I guess like they did drop like some more, they did drop some more details about the game that I uh-huh. was. I don't know. It just it just sounded interesting because basically, most fighting games they have like. It definitely sounds like a game I would never play. Being a fighting game enthusiast. Really. It just sounds like. Really. It sounds like that's a. I don't know. 
I don't want to say overly simplified, but it definitely sounds, and just based on like the fights that we saw, it definitely looks very simplistic. Because essentially, um, most fighting games are 3D fighting games of that. Yeah. So you have like, like on a very, even on the very basic, you have like overheads, you have cross-ups, you have right. more than one way like to hit someone. You can't just block, like simply block. Right, right. And in this game, you just hold block, and you're pretty much safe anywhere. Like um, even in Mortal Kombat, where you except have... Except for grabs. But oh, yeah, except for grabs. But it's basically Smash Brothers. It's like a... Yeah, it's like they kind of took that smash for this shield and shield and grab, like shield beats grab. And to put that in a traditional fighter, yeah, ready fighter. So I mean, it's I, don't know, I guess it'll be interesting, but I could see. Um, it, well, I do remember when they first were talking about it coming out in Japan. Like we talked about this about a month ago on the show, I think that um, the developers were like, "Yeah, it's like a fighting game that casuals can pick up and play." Like it's for the casual, it's for Pokemon fans, not for fighting fans. So we yeah. need to make it a little more casual friendly, which also explains why Dave and Buster's is expecting big things if it's that simplified. Yeah, and I guess also just like the flow of the battles just looked also not very exciting to look at. Also, the the 2D, 3D thing, I can't really see myself getting into. How exactly does that work? Explain that. Um, I'm not sure when the transition happens. It's, but it's when you hit someone. There's like a like someone you when you hit them a certain way, you transition them, and there is like I guess a move that you can kind of trigger it because they they were kind of. Putting to emphasis, like, oh, they're about to unleash the special. You're gonna want to change the trend. You want you're gonna want to transition it to two, to the two D mode, right? To cancel out that move count completely, or vice versa, right? But what was I gonna say? Oh, oh, I guess like when, for example, like they had a Machamp and a Charizard fighting in one of their early matches, mm-hmm. and I guess Charizard was like doing pretty much nothing but like jumping in the air and just like diving down, and that's like all he was doing, and he won. But I mean, but, keep in mind, they've never played it before. I mean, maybe they got played a little... Um, they, they got some time to practice it, but... Like, they don't, like, know the ins and outs. But overall, like, I don't know, it didn't look very exciting. It just seemed mm-hmm. like a lot of, like, um, attack, 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 while the guy's blocking, oh, his attacks end, and then the guy just attack, 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 while that guy's blocking, and that attack ends. It sound, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like a fighting game for me, who is bad at fighting games. It's like, oh, I never block. Oh, literally, all I need to do is press a button, and that does my full block. Okay. Alright. I don't know. It, it, it's definitely one of those things <laughs> yeah, where... it'll still be too complicated. Somehow. I don't know. It's, it's definitely one of those, it's how it looks things. Because, um, right. like, I mean, Street Fighter, I guess just watching it, you definitely, I definitely didn't get that feeling when watching, like, a game like that. But mm-hmm. I guess, like, from getting this game, it kind of makes me feel like, uh, I don't know. I definitely still want to try, like, I'm really excited for, like, I really want to play as Wii Yeah. But I guess I'm just hoping there's, like, there really is more than meets the eye. How crucial did the uh, assist characters seem to be? Those assist Pokemon, because that that was the thing that they kept going. Like, look, we have all these other Pokemon. Because here's like here's Snivy, random. Here's Fennekin. Like, check it out. No, I mean, but it's like, do they actually? Is it kind of like in um, Marvel vs. Capcom where they like jump, or not Marvel vs. Capcom? Which game is it where you have like the, the assist characters? Yeah, yeah Marvel vs. Capcom. They just jump in, do one thing, and yeah, they, they basically do that. But I mean, they they seem like as helpful as that. Like depending oh, on when okay. you use them. Like, so it's just a special move. Yeah, like course. in some instances, like they would use it to like interrupt what the opponent was doing. Okay. Or, or some of them even just like power you up or like help you out a little. Right. I mean, right. I mean, they, they seem they seem good. I mean, there's like definitely that layered that depth to it. Yeah, because the, the thing the thing that struck me from watching the trailer and even some of the, I watched bits and pieces of the tournament like retroactively is the lying effects look awesome. The the moves look snazzy and like flashy, but was it just me where the backgrounds really static, <laughs> for lack of a better term? Like you go to the backgrounds in like Super Smash Bros. or something, and it's like there's all this craziness going on. Or even if you look at like Tekken oh, or I mean, Street Fighter, there's like people chanting, like swinging their arms in the background. Backgrounds usually aren't too crazy in Smash Bros. Well, Smash, but the foregrounds make up for that. Like the stages, I should say. The stages are more. Because I mean, like I thought, I, I mean, engaging. I don't know. At least like the few that I, 
I guess for lack of a better term, I bothered to notice like the background. But for the most part, like with any fighting game, I almost always completely ignore the background or just like forget it's even mm -hmm. there. Like when I was watching a uh, Pokemon tournament, like I'm like, whoa, this game looks really cool. Like it just looks fun. Yeah. I mean, it did look really simplified, but I mean, I'll figure that out when once we, once we actually play it. Like I yeah. don't want to say yeah, yeah. it's so super simple because I haven't played it. Yeah. But um, the backgrounds I guess never bothered me or didn't. Or to me, they didn't look like they were bland. And then, like, the few times I did look over there, I was like, oh, my God, they actually have, like, a little copper grigus, like, popping in and out in the background. Oh, so oh. you did have animation. Okay, I didn't see it. That's the thing no, that's no, kind of no, yeah, that that I looked, and the only one I saw was the screen that was replaying what was happening directly under oh, it. Oh, like, well, right. that's the thing, though, because I, I know they have a stage that's just a stadium, like, just a stadium. Yeah. That doesn't really have anything but just, like, a screen on top of yeah. it, like, a crowd. Yeah. But then I saw a stage where they were fighting underwater, and it was, like, an aquarium, and on the back they had, like, different Pokemon. Like, oh, okay, so around. they did have stuff going on. Then they were fighting in the desert, and it had those, like, copperguts, yeah. like, a, like yeah, other copperguts. Yeah. And... I mean, I will say the, the I mean, attacks and the cool. lighting look really good. The lighting in it looks yeah. super cool. But then at but... the end of the day, like... It makes um, the Wii U look like it has good graphics. Well, th that that was the arcade version, so it's certainly oh, possible mind. that exactly... It's very the Wii U has pretty good graphics. Well, the Wii U's yeah, obviously a generation that, behind, I mean, but art style makes all the difference. Like I mean, a Mario Kart 8. Maybe able to do that. I mean, like, I usually... Platoon's paint. Then there's Batman. Oh, yeah, but... But that's, <laughs> you're, you're comparing PS4 games. Of course it's... Well, not only that, but, like, since PS4 is really powerful, it can make an open world game look that good. Yeah. But since it's a fighting game, and you're only rendering two characters... And a background. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure the Wii U would be able to do that. I mean, yeah. spoiled. I mean, Tekken... Yeah, you've been spoiled. Tekken whatever. <laughs> Tag Tournament 2 on the Wii U. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Now, the thing that's interesting to me is what's going to be in the console version that wasn't in arcade. For example, they announced that Pikachu Libre character, which is great, by the way. Did you notice that one of his little special moves in the trailer, he, like, jumps on the ring and does, like, a mock, like, a bravado sort of, like... kind of hard to miss. Yeah. Is that the only thing they showed? I think it might have been, I guess the real question is, do you remember that in the trailer, you guys? But, uh, I just think he's a funny character. But but in terms of, like, other stuff, like, I wonder... He made it a girl, though. Did they? Yeah, it's a girl, Pikachu. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, the tail is a heart shape. Did not notice that, but I was gonna say that. Um, do you think they're gonna have online support? I imagine that's gonna be. It, kind it of has, has to be, to have right? Online support. It's pretty much all it's gonna be. In the end. Yeah, it's gonna be the same game with online. I mean, Maybe Amiibo. I don't know if you guys heard that rumor. I heard it had NFC support. We didn't. Not officially. Not officially. I don't know. What it had. What's happened is in the in Europe they tr copyrighted Pokemon Tournament about two days before it was announced, and the copyright included oh stretching it to um, stretching the copyright to. NFC-enabled toys, figurines, cards, etc. I mean, most of the Pokemon are Amiibos already, but I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Most of the... Oh, oh yeah. yeah. yeah and I meant most of the Pokemon in the world, like 650 are oh. Amiibo. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> but, most of those... Yeah, that's true. But there'll be one person collecting every single one. Oh, of course there will be. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because inter all you're saying is spring. But, like, my gut feeling is this is going to be their, their, May, their May game, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, because they had Mario Kart 8 in May of last year, they had Splatoon in May of this year, and now they can have a third competitive online game in Pokemon Tournament for May of next year, kind of as the swan song of the Wii U May releases or something. Like, it just um, seems, it could be any time it's perfect. I could definitely for me, see, like, feels... Nintendo pushing this, like, depending on how yeah. popular it is or once it comes out, because I haven't... You're going like, to go all Capcom, like, Turbo, add more Pokemon... Super Ultra Pokemon <laughs> They could. They could. Super Turbo Fighter Edition 3. We're going to have to look at Tekken's history for that. Don't Tekken we? doesn't do that as much, I don't think. No, uh, except maybe with their last game where they just kept adding characters. Cause maybe they like just pay game. for them. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're probably DLC, I imagine. But... I was going to say that, um... Not Nintendo was, like, between Splatoon and this game. Because I'm pretty sure they're going to push this game to at least maybe appear on Evo. At least the first year. But... 
I don't know, that's interesting for them to have like at least like two competitive games because they didn't Splatoon also just becoming like basically an esport in Japan. Yeah, well, they're trying to push it here in the states too as an esport. Yeah, but and then it also yeah, Smash yeah. Brothers. Smash Bros. is definitely an eSports. Platoon, they're pushing as an eSports. I mean, the trailers on well, YouTube even show, like, it's competitive, like, in the trailer. It's like, yep. Okay. We promise. Yeah, so, we promise but at least right now, like, the Wii U definitely has, you know, like, a good amount of... And they're all pretty different, too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, they're all very unique. And the thing is, like, Nintendo has nothing else in 2016. And to answer a question I think Elvis said of, like, how hard is Nintendo going to push it? They have nothing in 2016 except Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. And Fire Emblem Cross, whatever you call it. And I guarantee you that Fire Emblem Cross, uh, Shimagami Tensei, is not going to be like their big going into summer game that they hype up all summer and keep like doing updates for. That will be Pokemon Tournament, I feel like. It's it's the shoe-in for it, really. Yeah, usually for console games, like, I remember, I don't remember which developer it was, but I remember reading that typically whenever you release a game on the arcade, you don't really worry about having like a bunch of characters. Yeah, because you can like, add them later. Yeah, but for a console game, uh, it's almost like... A minimum to have like at least like twenty or something like that. Like you have to have a lot. Well, it makes sense because the amount of playtime people oh, have yeah. in that is so, so much like, more. Well, I guess like spring. I guess it's a long ways away, but really curious like what they have left to announce. But I mean, although Pikachu Libra is cool, or I don't know, it's like an interesting thing. It's a clever idea. I kind of <laughs> hope there's more. I don't know. I guess it did kind of like raise like a little flag for me. It's like, well, they're already announcing. I guess clones. clone characters this early, like like not clone, that's true. Yeah. and not clone because I'm pretty sure it'll have different like animated attacks. Yeah, but I mean it's already another Pikachu, like. But then again, yeah, so this Pokemon. is the same company that storms a beach city in Japan with like 500 costume Pikachu's that dance around. They have a weird obsession with Pikachu, so maybe this oh, is yeah, gonna be a but I mean, I know you're right. I'm just. Being, I mean, like it'd be cool like if it was like a costume for Pikachu. Yeah. I mean, like I don't mind it. It's a different. It character. could be. They didn't specify. Did they specify uh, if it's a it, completely separate I mean, character or an it, alt? I mean, it has a different like attack. Like, oh, that's a different alt. Like true. the other Pikachu has. Yeah. I mean, because then it's like, oh, I mean. Actually, I guess only Pikachu is really known for those costumes. I mean, that is a costume that you get from Omega yeah. Ruby and Sapphire. So I guess I'm hoping we don't get, like, other versions of, like, oh, a shiny Lucario. Oh, God. That, like, <laughs> fights a little different. Yeah. That's more projectile-based. Imagine if that was what they did. Like, let's say it does come out next spring. Because, I mean... Every week in June, they're like, hey, here's a new shiny. It's like, this isn't the same as releasing new weapons in Splatoon. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> not the same. You cannot... Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm just hoping, like, I guess they kind of keep that to a minimum. Yeah. I mean, like... What's that, like, the Scientist Pikachu or the Victorian Dragon Hey, if they Pikachu? do Businessman Pikachu, I will buy five copies of that game. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm not actually going to buy five <laughs> copies. <laughs> Don't make promises. Hey, I didn't say I promise. I just Jason the liar. It. I'm a liar. I'm a phony. It does make you wonder, though. If, so, if Pokemon Tournament comes out next spring, right? A lot of people thought this might be a launch child for NX before it was announced for Wii U. just get a, like, a... Pretty much like every other fighting game nowadays, like the definitive edition. Like uh, yeah, I, I, that's what I was thinking. Are we either gonna get like, like Justice got one? Um, Street Fighter Four yeah. got one. But Nintendo never does that. Nintendo's never done. Well, that. Nintendo never had that situation. Sure, they have. They could they could do HD ports of Wii games, which they don't do. They could do. They've had lots of opportunities to do these sort of like they can do a Game of the Year edition for Smash Bros with all the DLC, which they may still, but hasn't been announced yet. So, Mark Rodriguez could have had a Game like, of the yeah, Year. Yeah, well, exactly. Like I mean, they couldn't really do that from like GameCube to Wii or like. Yeah. Well, my, my point is, there's been a few years where they had the opportunity to do oh. this. The closest they did was probably the new Play Control series on the Wii, where they took Pikmin and threw on the motion controls, and Mario Tennis oh, and Power yeah. Smash threw on the motion controls. Or well, not Power there Smash, there DLCs called. included? Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, they... I feel like they might do a DLC box thing, but they haven't done it yet. In Mario Kart 8, I feel like they would have already done by now. Or maybe they're doing this holiday, but, you know, like Game of the Year or that's true. Mario Kart the Complete 
race or whatever they want to call it. But but yeah, I wonder like is NX gonna get a definitive version or is it even? Does this mean NX might not be till twenty seventeen? I know we keep saying on the show, oh, it's gonna be twenty sixteen. I feel like it's definitely gonna be twenty sixteen. But if that was the case, why put this on the sinking ship of Wii U instead of waiting four months and putting it on the brand new NX and have a really solid launch of Zelda, assuming yeah, it comes to NX? And that other rumor that apparently it's not going to even be disc-based or anything. Which? For the NX. Which? I don't know. Which? Which? Oh, disc-based. I thought I said displaced. Oh. Yeah, well, okay, that, uh, that, I didn't even want, I, like, I didn't even, when I was looking at the news to, like, make the outline for this episode, you know, well, I'll I'll I didn't even put it on there. Oh, the reason I bring it up is because you're like, oh, they're gonna make like a collector's edition or whatever. They could just have it be And I take it back; they once did a collector's edition, Metroid Prime Trilogy. They did. Forgot about that. But uh, no, the, here's the thing about that disc based thing: every company makes hundreds of patents. Any idea they think might be a good idea, they patent in case they want to do it. Nintendo patents all sorts of stuff that never becomes real. So while it's likely that ultimately we will see a future system without a disc. And it's certainly possible, given how they've seen their eShop revenue double this past year alone, that they would want to do that for NX. They lose all retail shelf space doing that. Granted, you can put a whole bunch of little download cards, but considering Nintendo doesn't even do eShop individual game download cards in the in North America whatsoever, I don't think they're going to completely okay, do a 180. Do they? Oh, for, vir- for virtual console, that's true. In Japan, though, they do it for new releases on Wii U. Oh. I don't think they do that in the States. No, I think it's only virtual console. Right. So I can't see Nintendo going like, well, we don't even have like the system in place to do you know like individual game cards in the States now. But with NX, we're just going to do a complete about-face, tell all our retail partners, free up your shelves, we're giving you cards, <laughs> and then just like... I mean, they could, and they would probably be able more to get... More space for Amiibo. Yeah, exactly. They could, because there would be more space for... Exactly. They could, in theory, but that just One, seems... Two punch. There you go. It seems very drastic, though. Like, I feel like they'd want to ease in more. Like, in Japan, <laughs> they sell them in tandem. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking this, but... I think, like, disc-based... And the patent was just filed. If they were working on this, and it was coming out, say, next year, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the patent would be a few years old already. Game... The, the Wii control... The motion controller for the Wii was patented, like couple years at least. I think it's done enough easing in by calling their current console also the Wii and then also still allowing all their old controllers <laughs> and still back with compatibility. Well that's just... Because like all they do is ease you into everything. Yeah, well that's exactly what they do with Splatoon as we'll talk about later. And look at this transition. It's oh, what good. they're doing with Mario Maker. So you're right. They do have a habit of doing that. But, but, um, what was I going to say? But yeah, I don't know. Like they do it with the software. I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe it will be discless. But... <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's not almost inappropriate, <laughs> but no, uh, maybe it will be. But it just seems like, to me, it just seems like that's jumping one step too far. Then again, there are rumors in October that uh, Xbox One is gonna come out with a mini version that's strictly download only. So you never wanna, you never know. I really yeah. hope, or, I mean, because obviously we're not gonna get another Smash for this for a long time, especially something we're even getting another one. But whatever we get for the NX, I at least hope there's, I guess, a version for it, or it's compatible with it in some way, be it backwards or not. Just because, um, I don't know, definitely don't want to leave that game behind too soon. Well, nothing's stopping you from continuing to play it. Yeah. I guarantee you the NX Smash Bros. in three years, four years, will not be, like, cross-talking with uh, Wii U and 3DS. Oh, no, 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 I meant, like, pretty much like how we were talking, like, oh, a definitive edition. Or oh, oh, uh, wait, you want it to be a definitive edition? You want it to be the same game, just boost up? Well, I mean, because, I mean, I don't want to have, like, a bunch of consoles also connected at the same time. Oh. Pretty much well, how they... Uh, yeah. But... No, it's just another... Yeah, yeah well, that that's a weird one. I don't think very many people would agree with you on that. I think most people would want something new, not just a... Oh! Well, 
Well, I mean, unless they're doing two, well, unless they do like a Wind Waker well, the only HD situation, I, which again I proved my own point wrong because I said they don't do HD remix. They did Wind Waker. I mean, the only reason that and I they do it on three. I mean, the only reason I'm guess I'm kind of feeling that way because since we're getting the NX presumably sooner rather than later, yeah, and they're still like basically supporting. There's so much life left in it. Like it still feels like too fresh for it to just already be like, oh, all right, this is the one that came out and that's it. Just wait for the next one. That's true. I mean, that's like because it kind of feels like we're going to be still expecting to play it while the NX is still around. Well, they're building the NX almost like a third platform, almost like they did the DS with the three pillars. Because, I mean... Yeah, it's possible to live in tandem. I mean, we're not even supposed to know the ballot results or whatever, or it's not even first until October. that's true. Which means that presumably we're still going to have, like, Smash Bros. support until, like, at least maybe early 2016. Well, they got to keep carrying the Wii U somehow. They have three games for it. (laughs) So it's like, we still have this game that's still being, like... Like, essentially new. That's, that's very true. Yeah, I, it'll I mean, be. Same kind of goes for Splatoon. I mean, it's like once you get the NX, it's like oh, so I guess that's Splatoon. Now, one thing to keep in mind is the NX may not or be a traditional console, so yeah. maybe that's you what's weird. Like, I don't know what it is already. Yeah, so it's like, I know. maybe all of this is a non-issue. Or people that don't even have a Wii U that are kind of now waiting for the NX. It's like oh, do I get the NX? But then I'm missing out on Splatoon and Smash. Yeah, they they put themselves in a bind. I guess. I mean, like, you think they'll do the whole. Especially now like that people Wii U know version that. of this game and the NX version of this game. I we I don't think you were on the episodes where we talked about this, but I'm, my gut feeling is Zelda's gonna be that way. Oh no, I, I remember that. Oh yeah, but sure in terms of other. Oh, you mean going forward, like they're gonna split? Yeah, and like even I Destiny, like it was still there's a PS3 version and there's a PS4. Yeah, version. It, it, I think it'll depend on adoption rate because I think the issue with why they did it with Destiny, why they did it with games like that is the next gen systems were expensive, and there were so many people that already own systems and would want mm. to play the game but don't have the. Four hundred, five hundred dollars to go get a system. They're like, well, considering both systems are powerful, just one can do better graphics. Essentially, it can downres one to the current console, sell to that crowd, and have the full experience on the HD or the newer console. You know, PS4, Xbox One, and then ultimately, when people transition over and they see a high enough adoption rate, they'll just drop one. Yeah. That's kind of what Nintendo did with the DS and the Game Boy Advance. I mean, they didn't do split releases, but they ran them both in tandem. And then as people migrate over, they just stop making new GBA games. Mm-hmm. They, they kept calling it the third pillar. So in case it failed, the DS, it, they'd be like, well, it was, a th- it was an experiment. It was a third pillar. We still got our two Game Boy and GameCube. We're good. We're good. And everything was fine. But then the DS took off and they dropped the Game Boy because yeah. why would you need it? I so I imagine just, NX would be like that, kind of. I guess also just realize that you essentially just pick your poison. It's like, oh, you don't yeah. want to get a console that comes out because you want to get it cheaper. So then you wait. Yeah. By the time it's cheaper, it's like you hear about the next one coming out. Then you want to wait, so it's like yeah. Either way, it could perpetually like it may it may sound like a problem not for the NX, but then when you NX comes around, everything uh, has its pros and cons. In yeah, terms of so when you like I waited and I got my Batman and you're happy. edition. Yeah, yeah. There is something to be said for Wayne because you usually get you you don't deal with the launch day bugs and glitches. You don't deal with like you already have a library to get. You don't have the lemons as much from the first gen, and you know like a, like with a so car. perfect example is Destiny, the new one. On coming out like in September thing was a major Trial update. Trial Kings or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. For which pretty much makes the everything before that pretty much a beta test. Yep. That they get the whole game for sixty bucks. The new people and everyone who got it day one has to pay like one forty for the entire experience. Yeah, well, that one is handled extremely poorly. <laughs> I think if you're gonna do content like that, you do the Nintendo Splatoon thing, which we'll talk about later. Where they, yes, you were getting a game that was essentially unfinished. But they didn't, like, punish you for doing that. Like, you don't have to pay yeah, double. Yeah, because they just said the people that did have it had fun, question mark, sometimes. Some of them, <laughs> some of them, yeah. I like, know, had a lot of fun, but I have some other friends that, um, I don't know, they said, like, this is, like, the best average game I've ever played. It's, like, I always hear that, too. Yeah. It was very, divi- like, divisive. Divis- <laughs> 
it divided people. <laughs> Either you loved it or you're like, it, it's the oh, best it's right. 70s. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's so average. Like, there's nothing special about it, but I can't stop playing it for some reason. Yeah, it's it's strange. I don't know. It's, it's oh, the whole know, everything about Destiny's <laughs> Even like having. I guess it was them knowing all along, like, this game isn't done. This game even like Peter, even the Peter Dinklage thing about everything about the game is weird. Like, the Peter Dinklage situation where he was like, hey, we're going to bring in this star. He's huge. Uh, here's the demo. Here's Peter Dinklage's voice. Everyone goes, wow, his voice acting sucks. And actors are just like, he's a huge star. So they leave him in for the main game. Then they're releasing Trial by Kim, whatever it's called. And they're like, yeah, we're just going to quietly shuffle him away and re-record all the dialogue with uh, Nolan North. And now he's the voice actor for the entire game. Like, they're just like, oh, well, that didn't work. Let's just rewrite it. Like, oh, erase it. It's strange. It's very strange. But anyway, yeah, so uh, Pokémon Tournament, I guess, is the big hurrah for the Wii U in 2016, besides maybe Zelda. Which is cool. I mean, yeah. Some, something else to look forward to. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And, I mean, we, we called it. I don't think anyone was surprised as kind of Wii U. I mean, we were saying going no, into... No, it's just a matter of when. Exactly. Because we were saying going into E3, like, that'd be surprise a great surprise is coming so early. I don't know if it's early. Yeah, early yeah, are we talking year. about Pokémon? Pokémon. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> were you trying to transition to... No, like, yeah. Like, no, I, no, like, no, I, no. We were gonna, I didn't expect I didn't expect. I thought we were going to hear yeah. something yeah. about it, like, at E3, and then get it, like, yeah. either August or later. I thought we were going to hear something at this last E3, and now it was going to be out possibly in the very start of 2016. I guess I was off by... Literally, everything was shifted right. three months too late. But no, you were half right. But yeah, but something we're getting much sooner, and I already alluded that we're gonna switch over to that topic. <laughs> but we never did. But we never did. But something we're getting a lot sooner is Mario Maker, Super Mario Maker, and you know you're getting it soon when Nintendo opens the floodgates and all the media just starts pouring out. And Nintendo, like it, this always happens. Like four weeks before a game comes out, you go from knowing absolutely nothing about it to knowing more than you possibly could want to know. Yeah, there's like so many more... videos of Super Mario Maker from the media, media right now. But the game looks great, and it all kicked off with a uh, seven-minute "Let's Watch" video, which is Nintendo's version of doing a Nintendo Direct about Kanye and Nintendo Direct, because you know they don't know what to do about that, I guess. Cause <laughs> water. But uh, so they're basically like they have a narrator, and he explains exactly what would normally be explained in the direct, <laughs> just without the direct or any of the padding. So, so I mean, it was cool. Kind of why I missed this video. But you I didn't even see it. No, I saw a bunch of other videos, so I definitely know. Oh all yeah, the... no, this is what started. They put this out, and a day later, yeah, yeah, yeah. the NBA, I know about uh, all the content. The there, like, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, look at all the pointers! Look at all the sound effects! Look at all the things!" And you're like, "Where'd this all come from?" Yeah, Nintendo put out a video that kicked you off. No, I mean, I just, I mean, I just figured like the. Well, I forgot the word for it. I'm like blanking out right now. The demoers that the, the reviewers got. What? Yeah, what? pretty much like, <laughs> like, like you exactly. can't talk about the game until this time. Oh, the non the NDA, non disclosure agreement. Uh, the, no, not NDA. That's the, not the word I'm yeah, No, no, no. You're talking about um, embargo. Yeah, the embargo. embargo. Yeah. Town podcast where we I'm figure out words in a dictionary. <laughs> but, uh, I, like, I knew it was a word that reminded me of the C for some reason. Yeah, embargo. I don't know why it does. It just Embark? Does. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the big thing that was in, that was revealed, as you mentioned, are sound bites. But the bigger thing is, and this is one that got a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction for people, is the game has an unusual content unlock system. So normally when you play a game, it's like, hey, cool, you did this, now you get that. Nintendo goes, hey, cool, you did this, now sit tight for 24 hours and we'll see you tomorrow, which is a little strange. So basically how it works is um, they want, again, what you were saying, Jose, the idea of easing people into Angel. The idea of easing, sorry, easing people into the content as you, as you, Angel, were saying uh, during, you know, when we were talking about how they ease everything. So in this I think case, that's a good idea though. Cause it is, it is. Because I, I mean, like, I don't. That's, I think that's kind of why um, Little Big Planet ended up not really. Um, it's overwhelming. 
Yeah, like, I got yeah. so many tools right in the beginning that I never made anything. Like, I bought a PSP just for Little Big Planet, and yeah. I ended up playing just a campaign. I'm like, all right, cool, I'm going to make a level. Never did. Actually, I did make one level, but it was overly simplistic because I didn't... It was just, it was just so much. It was, like, yeah. so in-depth. It's like, whoa, it's so awesome how in-depth it goes. But see, so too much. there's but, ways they could do this because basically everything's locked. When you start well, the game, you get, like, Goombas, Koopas, and Mario 1. And Mario and New Super Mario Brothers. Those cool, are the you could yeah, yeah. like pretty much master what's there, right? And then when the next day comes, but, off, but here, here's uh, just play devil's advocate a bit. What if? Okay, so I guess Mario Three, Mario World, those are unlockable. Like those skins alone are unlockable too. So okay, that cares what you're saying. Like oh, you start with one, you move from there. But this like time wall, like a paywall of time, I guess. Why don't they just have it be unlocked after you accomplish a certain number of things or play a certain number of minutes? Like, literally it after... It should be after you make a certain number of levels and play a certain number of levels. I don't know if no, level count would even... No, that that would be worse because then you're stuck you're being... forced like, to make levels. Yeah. That that's would, true. I think because what they're doing well, is when you first... Like, I mean, but then if you're not going to make levels, why do you care if you don't have all the tools? You may just want to mess with it. There's going to be so many people that will come into the game and go, I really <laughs> want to make this Mario 3 level and I really, like, I want to use the boot... I want to have them go over all these piranha plants, and I want to have it set in a disco rave. They have lasers in disco no, yeah. Or like a, you know, like a techno rave. He can't do that till day seven or eight, and he's stuck being like, I guess I'm going to have to make this other thing first. In most games, to unlock stuff, you just, you go through the motion and you're done. But this time, Nintendo's like, literally like, okay, go through the motion, good job. Now please walk away from your Wii U, or go play some other stuff, and then come back tomorrow, and maybe then it'll unlock. You'll have to check back and see. Like how, when it's like Animal Crossing. You can only but the difference is, that's about living life, so it makes yeah. sense to have a mirror it's life. part of the game. This is literally like locking away things you want. Like, I, I get it from their perspective, because you're right. It's going to be super overwhelming if you have four different skins and like Especially, I mean, 800 options and, you know, record a sound, make this, do that, shrink a Goompa, grow a, grow a warp pipe. Like, it just gets, it gets daunting. Because they're definitely benefiting little kids more. Yeah, and I think that's partly, partly why. But it's just... You know, you why can't they just say after... Game. What? You're going to buy a little kid game. We are. And we're going to enjoy it. <laughs> and you shouldn't judge. But no, um, and you're going to enjoy it too, who you came. But um, you're going to like some of the crazy levels. But yeah, I feel like it should have just been after X number of hours. Like if they want to have you ease in, that's fine. But don't say, okay, you eased enough today. It's very like Nintendo being your mom. Like back in the Wii, where it'd be like, in the Wii and DS games, where it'd be like, you've been playing a while. You should go jump out this window or whatever. You, you know what I'm talking about? Where I had the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Wii Sport where I had like the controller on the table and an open window. It's like, go outside. And it's just like, did they jump out? I don't understand. But uh, yeah, it's, it's very reminiscent of that. So it's kind of it's weird. It does, though, from Nintendo's perspective, make a certain amount of sense because Nintendo has had this vendetta. Maybe that's not the right word, but this mission. Since the early DS and Wii days, it's something that I want to kind of spearhead. To regulate how people no, play games? to make you want to turn on your system every day and experience something new. Does that sound familiar? Impossible. Remember Wii Connect 24? News every day. Weather every day. Every day, you're going to turn on your system because you get new things from it. You get messages through the message board every day. Nintendo will, in theory, this is how they pitched it, send you something. That's why those apps exist. That's what we connect 24 had the 24 in the name because it's there 24 hours a day. You gotta check once a day. Every 24 hours or something new. No one did. DS, that. brain age, train your brain minutes a day. It was uh, Nintendogs. You can only do so much in a day. Animal Crossing. You can only do <laughs> that so was much slogan. in a day. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Nintendogs. You can only do so <laughs> no. much in a day. No, I'm saying you could. Like, there was only so many times you could, like, I could walk your dog before it tired out for a day and you had to wait till the next day. Like, they have all these things where they try and get you to come back every day. 
So this, granted, this is only up to nine days, but it definitely is that uh, that idea kind of was kind of combined with the idea of easing you in Splatoon style into this weird hybrid thing. So they have to take so the I see bandaid off really it. slowly. What? I mean, for these people, you have to take off a bandaid really slowly. I guess so, but like I, I mean, but after the nine days are done, then they, I mean, yeah. So it's, it's really this whole thing's moot a week after release because everyone will be like, well. You know, everyone I got, got they won't be like, I got everything. But for those nine days, it's Nintendo's just kind of taunting you. It's like, hey, you get two objects you can use. Meanwhile, if you go download a level, it looks like way crazier than anything you can do for a week. But, mm-hmm. uh... Good ideas. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to get ideas. Slowly build up to it. Yeah, and again, this is it's kind of like not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. It's just kind of interesting. I think it's because I, I, I think it's cause I feel this. like, I don't know, the waiting isn't that big. Just like, yeah. like it's just nine days, like... It's funny how like, it's you, like, you know people are gonna make remake some levels, so like it's pointless. I know people are gonna remake, remake like yeah. World yeah. One, oh, level yeah. one. Oh, you guys knew my plan. I was just gonna rebuild the entire Mario game from scratch for no reason. You're gonna rebuild Mario World. I, 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 I can't because they put the wrong freaking Bowser sprite in there. What were they? Th- okay, have they you guys did. seen yeah, Bowser in Mario World? Yeah, he looks ridiculously dorky and well, weird. He looks like he has curled he, fangs. He's, but he looks more modern. He, the current Bowser? Well, the one for Super Mario World. Like the, the new one. Yeah. Yes, the, I'm talking about the original one, though. Oh. Like, he almost looks like a little cross-eyed. He has, like, curled fangs. But that's what he was in the game. And if everything else is so perfectly accurate, why did they build this new, overly modern Isn't it kind of how, like, um, It's weird. Like, the pit... Like, the pit little sprite is not even the... Not even Kid Icarus. Yeah, not yeah, even I the Kid Icarus. I know, because they had to make sprite. it scale like Mario does, so it had to look better compressed. Yeah, and then Bar- Mar- Bowser looks really cool, but I guess... I, I do kind of like how Bowser looks currently, as opposed to they would have just put his regular sprite. Yeah, you know, we should mention, the amount of costumes in this game are insane. Like, it's really cool. You can literally play Sonic. It's, yeah, really it's, cool. you can be Sonic, you can be Pac-Man, you can be, I don't want to spoil it, but beyond just the Amiibo, there are 50, all the Amiibo will support it, and I mean all the Amiibo. There's a Gold Mario, there's a Silver Mario, there's Animal Crossing cards will trigger Isabelle. Like, every single Amiibo you scan will actually do something. But on top of that, without ruining too many of them, I'm going to ruin a few. Waluigi's in a legit Mario game for the first time. <laughs> uh, Ashley from WarioWare is randomly there. Uh, <laughs> Digsby from Animal Crossing can unlock. <laughs> and all of these sprites have not just, you know, the, the different renderings of different sizes for different whatever modes and whatever. They also have their own, like, little taunt pose. Like, Link will hold the Triforce Triangle over his head and everything. And when you beat the level, whatever level you're playing, the finishing music is not... The generic Mario, like da 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 da, da. it's their own music from their own mm-hmm. game. So the tune will presumably be when you when yeah. So like, here. and they do a little pose and everything too. So it's it's really cool how they're Squirts. playing this much. Yeah, they're <laughs> just shooting, <laughs> but it's really cool. How they just do this much fan service, and even Pokemon. This is the first non Smash Bros game that the Pokemon amiibo actually do something in. Pokemon Company's being really weird about the Pokemon copyright. They don't let you do anything with Pokemon amiibo until now. So. It's super cool. It's great fan service. Yeah, see if Mewtwo is running through a Mario level. That, that'd be pretty crazy. To so see. about it's just a uh, 8-bit Mario. That'd be cool. They went like crazy with like. Music well, I don't know. I, I don't know. Mario. Are they in all four? They sort of have to be in all. They've four. only changed. I think it's only. Oh, that's kind of Mario lame, World. But, but that'd be cool. Like you literally awesome. play as like any of those characters. Yeah. In 3D. Yeah, yeah, actually, I can see why they wouldn't render all I mean, that. Yeah. That'd, that'd be so yeah, much work. That's way too but, much work. I mean, it would have been awesome, but... I mean, with sprites, like, I mean, that's why they're making 99 or whatever, right? Yeah, 99. Sprites? Costumes? Oh, yeah, yeah. 50 of which come from Amiibo, roughly, and then the rest are in-game, yeah. But uh, the other thing we need to talk about about Mario Maker, actually, is another cool thing that came out of nowhere. There's a sound so editor. So Ryu, presumably, would be in there also? In theory. 
Huh. In theory. That's crazy. Were you in a platformer? Who would have thought? <laughs> Almost weirder than Sonic in a Mario game. Well, it's Mario and Sonic in the dicks. In an old, like, traditional Mario game. Yeah. Like, Waluigi's in a traditional yeah. Mario game for the first time. But the sound editor is another thing. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... It, I... Can record this your is own like voice. A, you can, but won't only local. Online. Yes, only local. It basically, yeah. Anytime you trigger an action in the game, you can now have your own custom voice, your own custom sound effect play when you do it local. When you go online, it's a parrot screaming pain to every single enemy you kill. Oh, the Wilhelm scream or whatever it's called. The, ah! <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the funny thing is, I don't, have you noticed that stupid little parakeet is in like every Nintendo? Stupid. Sa- he's, he's not stupid. Like the best. I know. I'm, I know. Be. I I always said. Only he was a cockatiel. Right. He's not stupid. I apologize to the parakeet. Thank I actually kind of. I actually kind of like him, but. Ever since the DSi, he's been in every single record your own voice menu that Nintendo's ever made for any game ever. But I guess it's kind of the cat that gave you tips. Oh yeah, well, I'm guessing this is just there, or the sound editor is kind of the closest knob we're gonna get to like a Mario Paint situation where you can actually make your own music. But maybe that'll be a DLC thing in the future, uh, your own music builder. I mean, you could make your own music. It was in the trailer, wasn't it? You can't. Yeah, I mean, it's through the level. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, but you can't, like, make... You can't do it Mario Paint Star where you oh, compose yeah. your own song and then overlay it all level. Yeah, you would just have to be really clever about it. Yeah, with lots yeah. of music blocks or lots of custom sound yeah, effects. And, just and like, then you can't play it online. And then have, like, custom sound effects. Uh, you would just have to have the enemy, like, perfectly timed to land on them and stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> in tight. Yeah. We literally stopped the show for you. Because right. tight. Okay, but, uh... Yeah, it's just... Uh, what was I going to say? It's just... Uh, it's cool how much stuff Nintendo's pouring in here. Because, you know, you got the costumes for fan service, you got the levels for fan service, and just watching some of the media's levels that they built, they're already being really creative. There's, like, someone recreated Flappy Bird underwater, using an underwater level from Mario, someone <laughs> recreated uh, Bubble Man's, who's a guy, Stage from Mega Man. Uh, they even got, like, developers, we talked about, remember, I don't think you were on this one, Elvis, but when we were talking about the Facebook Hackathon, how it's smart marketing for Nintendo to have other people make levels and they could promote them. Well, they got the dude that made Rayman and, Ra- and Raven Rabbids and, um... Uh, Beyond Good and Evil, Michael Ansel of Ubisoft. And he was like, I'm so limited with these tools. Uh, not according <laughs> to the video, but he, uh, yeah, yeah, day one, he's like, I can only put Goombas down. But yeah, he, he's put, where's Rayman? He's put, where is Rayman? He could be a costume, maybe. But yeah, because his, his level's not even in the game, it's on the disc. Like, Facebook one, you have to download. Everything could be DLC for free. But this one, you're actually playing his level as one of the pre made, pre existing ones. By Rayman, man? I have no idea what it's called. But I just think it's cool that they're they're actually kind of falling through with that idea of, like, getting famous people to make levels. Although, interestingly... I guess famous. Well, like, well-known designers that earn their pedigree making good games, I guess is a better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. They're famous in their circle. What's his name? Michael Ansel. I just said it twice. I missed it twice because you were sneezing. It's okay. (laughs) But, uh, you know, one one restriction we didn't mention is level uploading is a little funky. Apparently, you can only have up to ten levels uploaded. And you get to up your level cap if you put out good levels that people like. Otherwise, well, you're not creative enough, sorry. <laughs> and then if your levels are not popular enough, they get pulled back off the service at some point. Mm-hmm. So that's a little harsh for family-friendly Nintendo to be like, sorry, Timmy, your levels just suck. Yeah, man, we gotta keep at least recording. you only play good things online. That's true. That's but I mean, true. you could sort by rating and stuff. So in theory, they have everything. I guess they're just worried they're going to overload their own servers yeah, or something. But, but yeah, the more I see of the game, the more excited I am for it. It's definitely, to kind of address your little big plan thing, it's definitely like Nintendo's version of Little Big Planet. Just Mario. So, just Mario. Um, but yeah, and, and they're, they're the fans. I know I mentioned the fans, but 
for those who get on the eShop, which I was actually quite above and beyond with this one, if you get on the eShop and you want the art book, they will give you a PDF download, or you can call a toll-free phone number, and they will send you a free art book. Or, you know, the, like, the book it comes with, the screenshot book? Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll actually, like, they have, they're making, like, a stockpile of them and just start sending them out to anyone that downloads the eShop version, so you don't have to go physical if you don't want to. Oh. I've never heard of a company doing, like, a game company being like, oh, yeah, you didn't buy the right version of it? That's cool. We'll just send it to you anyway. Like, kind of nice. So it'll be on the eShop receipt. Like, they're doing custom ones with a special, like, Mario Maker phone number and everything. So, so those who want digital, there you go. And, uh, yeah. Mario Maker isn't the only game that's actually kind of going above and beyond with all these, like, nods to other games and fan service and whatnot. There's also Runbow, which is doing the same for the indie scene. I mean, granted, it's nowhere near the scale, but it's doing something really cool with the indie scene with the character crossovers. So they announced the second half of the character lineup. It's kind of... A lot of Renegade Kid Love in there. Yeah, a lot of Renegade Kid Love, which makes sense because it's basically, it's basically Nindy Love, and Renegade Kid's huge for the Nindy scene. That's what Nintendo calls their indies. Nintendo indies? Nindies. They, and now all the nindies are starting to embrace it. I remember uh, when they first said, I was like, oh, such a dumb name, but now I'm saying it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so here's who's now in Runbow, along with the likes of, you know, Scram Kitty, Commander Video, Shovel Knight, SteamWorld Digs, Rusty, all those were previously announced. And now we can add Gun, uh, Gunvolt from Azure Striker Gunvolt, which, that's a fun game, so I think that one's really cool. Uh, the Telemancer from, te- uh, from Tesla, or Telemancer, Teslamancer from Teslagrad. Uh, the clone from Stealth Inc., Arid from The Fall, Zeo Drifter from Zeo Drifter, The Princess from uh, Chariot, Max of Mutant Muds, that's another good one, and uh, The Drifter from the upcoming Hyperlight Drifter, and randomly, the mascot from Unity, which is the game engine, their Japanese mascot, mm-hmm. is randomly in there too, named Unity Chan. So, that's the one that looks like a businessman. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. It's really smart because it's not just, at least to me, it's not just like, oh, hey, we're making a little nod to, you know, Mutant Muds or whatever, but it's almost like a self-contained Nindy marketing campaign because Nintendo's pushing Rumbo super hard, as you guys may have noticed. Like, it's probably one of the most well-known about eShop games coming out. Can we play out. the full version? Yeah, it's going to be super good. And uh, you actually, you could play it August 27th. Oh. 13 a.m. games just announced last week. That's coming out August 27th. So there you go. And if you did the... I'm taking five days. Yeah. Well, when does this go live? Uh, From this recording. Yeah, it'll be in four days when this goes live. Exciting. Yeah. Sunday, Friday? Uh, Thursday. Whoa. Yeah. So next episode, we'll have impressions, but for those listening. <laughs> but uh, uh, if you had the Nindies at home thing during E3, you also get 15% off, which is nice. You have to have all of them? No, just download the <laughs> oh. What? If you download the Bow one, you get the... <laughs> I know you can't wait to play that one with the shooting arrows and the purple planet or whatever they were called. I forgot what it's called. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what it's called. I don't remember. The, th- the only 3D one. God, I was so bad at that game. Uh, that music. <laughs> well, you heard it on loop for 90 minutes. Yeah. But, but what I was starting to say about um, Rumbo is I think it's really clever that, like, Nintendo's pushing it so hard as an indie game. And, like, here's, like, the pinnacle of the eShop. Like, this is the one. And then within it, it itself is a marketing project for all these other Nindy games. Nintendo actually helped facilitate... 13AM Games was saying in an interview that Nintendo actually helped play middleman to get all these partnerships to work out. Like, they're the ones that reached out to some of the developers on 13AM's behalf. So it makes you realize this is one big marketing project. Because if they say, hey, check out Rumbo, right there in the image to check out Rumbo is presumably like seven other indie games. They're like, oh, look, it's that guy from that one game with the Steam and the other one from the, the bit tripping and the yada yada. So it's just like... It's really clever, actually. It's the most fun um, 
ad. Take your time. Yeah, yeah, it's one giant playable ad that also happens to be a really good game. Or it starts a really good game, and then they're like, hey, we can make this an ad. <laughs> Let's add to this Let's game. advertise on this. But, uh, yeah, so that's happening, and I'm, I'm super excited for it. It sounds, I don't remember how much it's going to cost. I think it's only 15 when it comes out on 27. I mean, 14 is, like, the usual price. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was like, I said fifteen. <laughs> I was like, it's gonna be fifteen. Well, fourteen's the normal. Well, no, because like, it's fourteen ninety nine. I always just never. <laughs> well, you should have that. It's a penny difference. Yeah. Versus ninety nine cents difference. I know that, that that's how they get you. Yeah, it is. You <laughs> fall for their tricks. Gesundheit. See, I I like to think you're better than that. Bless Not, you. Whatever. I like to think you're better <laughs> than that for falling for their tricks that you fall for them. But anyway, yeah. So I mean, you. I mean, it is a really fun game. You. We talked about it in our uh, E3 episode, but you played it again since, right? Like, you have a bunch of friends over and do it. Oh no, we went over a friend's house. Uh, well, either way, you and Story friends. Street. I'm sorry. It was fun. It was and fun. It was just a demo too. Yeah. So imagine the whole game, which has other modes and everything. Yeah. So next episode, impressions of that. In the meantime, switch gears a bit. I guess this is quite a gear shift, actually. I think one of the uh -oh. the only reason we really talk about it is I think it's one of the biggest. What? Did it hit clutch? I didn't hit clutch. Uh, I think one of the reasons this is worth mentioning it somehow became one of the most controversial things Nintendo's done in the past couple months. And I don't understand why. So, for those who don't know, Nintendo, there's an employee, I think for the first time ever, an employee of the Nintendo Treehouse started straying from the corporate messaging publicly. And then I also think for the first time, he was then fired by Nintendo. And it became public. So, I don't know how much you guys know, but I'll give you a little backstory. So, the guy, the man in question was a guy named Chris Pranger. And he uh, caused a bit of a ruckus by appearing on a show called Part-Time Gamers. And saying things, things some of which are okay, some of which weren't, but basically things he probably shouldn't have said because of where he works, because of the non-disclosure agreement he must have signed, and simply because like of who he represents when he goes on there saying, "I am Chris Pranger of the Nintendo Treehouse, and I'm talking to you about video games." Like no matter what, so even, what no matter how many times he says, like I'll get there, uh, that these are my opinions, not Nintendo's. He's still saying things. So he's uh, not the tall dude. What? He's not the tall dude. No, he's not Eric. How do I know that's who you're talking about? He's not Eric Pearson. But yeah, for those who don't know, um, this, the whole thing started because Nintendo's loosening up. I'll get to what he said. But this whole thing started because Nintendo's loosening up about yeah, their <laughs> about their social media activity of their employees. So, And he made a point of this. Pranger, who's worked on games like Animal Crossing New Leaf, Hyrule Warriors, Wind Waker HD, and most recently Star Fox Zero, he was saying that... Uh, you know, it's okay, Nintendo lets you kind of talk about games and promotion, you know, like, out in public. You don't have to be, like, I, you don't have to be an Apple employee where you can't talk, so, like... It, I'm not working for that. Exactly, but that's why you see, like, Bill Trent and Ross and uh, We don't do anything at work, or, we just sit there. Yeah, we, we just stare at walls all day, cubicle <laughs> walls, we don't have screens. But, yeah, that's why, like, what I was saying is, like, Bill Trent and Allison Knapp, uh, Nintendo Social Media League, Kate, uh, I don't know your last name, Kate, and... You know, the Nintendo Minute folk and all of them, Eric Peterson, all of them have social media accounts and all of them talk about their, talk about Nintendo. And it's always in a promotional way. It's like, hey, we got this, or I'm, I had such a great time doing the World Championship. Thanks, guys. Like, all that. By the way, Eric Peterson once uh, liked my Instagram photo from the Nintendo World Championship. So, I have my in at Nintendo, you guys. But, uh, no. So, all that's fine. But what happened is this Chris Pranger fellow decided he's going to go one step further and start talking about things on the podcast, which he should have done. So a lot of it wasn't surprising things. He started, it was a mix of things you kind of already known, a mix of things you didn't know, but the way he told it was a problem. Like, you know, he said things like, Captain Rainbow's never going to come to America because it's too Japanese and the market's way too small. That is perfectly reasonable to say. 
But uh, he then went on to talk, you know, about things like Xenoblade only came to America because Nintendo of Europe translated it, and Nintendo of America didn't want to stick money into it because they felt the audience was too small. That is starting to skate in the area where I don't think Nintendo's going to want to go, yeah, we didn't want to pay for that thing. <laughs> but we know you guys want it, but we don't want to pay for it. <laughs> like, that's already, like, that's oh, the first. It's already mm-hmm. done. Yeah, that's kind of, exactly. So, so he's basically like, yeah, it was able to be cheap for us. I don't think you want your to cast your employer as being cheap. Like, that's probably not a good thing. But then it's just kind of, he basically was like airing out his, the dirty laundry about this sort of thing. Because he'd go on the podcast and be like, people were always like, Nintendo, don't you like money? And he does it in a super mocking tone of the fans who he's talking about who are demanding <laughs> this. Like, don't you want money, Nintendo? And then he takes this kind of like, he took this kind of like overly like uh, patronizing, kind of like had this like sense of hubris to him where he's like, well, see, you don't understand you guys. Because like we do, like we want to make it, but we, but we can't. It's not our... It's money. Like, that's kind of how he's, like, presenting it back at them after mocking them. Like, don't you want money? So it's just, like, <laughs> if you're a representative of Nintendo, that's not the best way. It's kind of insulting your fans a little. But even that, you could argue, is not that bad because he's not, a, he's not saying anything really untrue. He's not outright calling them idiots, although he's implying it. And he's not spilling any beans or anything. But he's not cooking. That is true, he's not cooking. But then it gets, like, it gets into things that he should definitely not talk about. For example, for example, he mentioned he's the voice actor of in Star Fox Zero for the first boss. That's fine on the surface, but then he went on to say, now the reason I am is they use the treehouse a lot because it's cheaper. <laughs> which automatically makes headlines like, Nintendo Treehouse staffer admits Nintendo does uh, deprioritizes voice acting over other things and things like that, which no. we know, we know as fans, but you don't want Nintendo coming out and being like, oh, we don't care about voice acting. We just have random dudes that have no experience. <laughs> or he told a story about how they had a whole issue with Snake's voice acting in Smash Bros. Brawl because it was union versus non-union voice actors. Now, that's definitely something Nintendo does want out there. Like, yeah, so Nintendo's trying to get around unions. Like, <laughs> like that, these are just bad things. And they went on to, like, you know, disagree with Nintendo's, like, publicly stated things. Like, oh, yeah, so where's the new title for New Super Mario Brothers? New 3DS, new this, new that. Why do you guys like new? oh, well, it's very exotic in Japan. I think it's kind of stupid myself, but that's why they like it over there, and then they force it on us over here. Like, that's not, again, not good corporate messaging. And it gets even crazier because he then goes on to say, this is my favorite, so Masahiro Sakurai, when you make a Sakurai game, it's it's an experience. Because, like, this guy, now I'm paraphrasing completely. He wasn't quite this, like, snarky about it, but he basically implied this guy... He's a train wreck when you work with him. Like, he went on to say, like, yeah, he's a control freak. He cries himself oh, to sleep over the game sometimes. <laughs> um, he even implied... He was on two different podcasts, to be clear. Because he did this one recently, which got on fire. And a year ago, he did a different one called Geeks with Wives that snuck under the radar where he was saying all sorts of stuff. But th- he's like, yeah, Sakurai, like, he doesn't balance the game for any real reason. He balances it when people beat him. And he started telling the story about, like, how... I think it was Ness was nerfed in Melee... Like, he heard this story secondhand from another employee. He says the name of the employee. Which, what, why would you say that in a publicly recorded podcast? He literally's like, yeah, so, uh, I'm just gonna, I don't remember which one. Or, I know which one he said, but I don't want to, like, Tom perpetuate Benicky. this. So I'm just gonna be like, John Smith told me that, like, 11 years ago, when they were playtesting Melee, Ness, uh, Sakurai's beat with Ness, and then they got an updated build of the game, and Ness was nerfed. <laughs> so we think he deprioritizes, you know, he de- he changes the ranking not based on anything real, just when he loses and is a sore loser. It's like, who, what makes you think he could go as a Nintendo employee on a podcast and say these things, right? It's a little crazy, isn't it? Even if that's true, that's still, like... And why throwing the other employee under the bus? 
Because, like, clearly the employee told him, like, hey, funny uh, story, because yeah. we're both under non-disclosure agreement and you're not going to repeat this anywhere. Uh, so, like, 11 years ago, I was playing him, and da-da-da-da-da. And he still works at Nintendo, the other employee. Like, he's a well-known... He's one of the, like, public-facing ones that will occasionally do interviews about translations and stuff. So to throw him under the and now bus... now Sakura just throws him the stink eye every now and then. Well, now they're <laughs> not even in the same office, because this guy got fired, Chris Pranger. But... Oh, no, no, the one that told him about oh, that oh. many stuff. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, like... The reason I bring up all his backstory... That's significantly better than the new one. What? Yeah, yeah. And who knows if these stories are true, but the fact is there's someone from the town coming forward and saying, Masahiro Sakurai is like a, a true artist and that he's crazy. Like, that was basically <laughs> what I'd say. It's like, I think he was like, he's an artist in every sense. You know, like some of those artists that are a little like, yeah, he's an artist in every sense. It's just like, you don't say that about your <laughs> boss, essentially. But the only reason I bring this all up, besides the fact that it's funny anecdotes, and as a fan, I think it's interesting. As, as fans in general, I think, it's probably interesting all three of us. This, these, like, inside stories, the inside baseball, knowing that Sakurai may be slightly crazy, or that, like, you know, this decision was made for that reason, or they had a huge meeting with Square Enix about Bravely Default and who should translate it, yada, yada. And then he went on to talk about how he thinks Final Fantasy VII is a horrible idea for a remake. So he's bashing <laughs> the people he's just saying they work with, which is weird. But anyway, um, the only reason I bring it up is so he got fired because of all this, because he's building secrets and, airing, and doing it in kind of a condescending way. And then he puts a Facebook post up, and he's like, oh, I made a horrible mistake. I And, you know, I feel for me. Probably did. I lost the best job in my world. All, all my life, I wanted to be a Nintendo employee, and now I was here. And then I lost it because I had an error in judgment. And, like, I'm sorry, and da-da-da-da-da. And then all these people are like, Nintendo, how could you be so mean? <laughs> how? Nintendo, if that wasn't worth firing him over. Not knowing, of course, if he had any other issues with the company. Not knowing that he had the Geeks with Wives podcast separately a year earlier. Not knowing any of that. And, um, then, so the internet starts rallying around this guy, and then, like, it gets, like, traction in the sense of, like, Nintendo Life did a whole article about, like, this is an example of Nintendo's transparency issues. Like, if Sony and Microsoft admit flaws and it's okay, but when Nintendo does it, it's not okay. It's like, no, it's not okay because he straight off message. Sony and Microsoft are on message, they're choosing for their message to be this. So, I mean, I get what they're saying, like, Nintendo could be more transparent, but he's not, like, shining a beacon of light on something that Nintendo's gonna literally walk out and go, yeah, you're right, Chris Pranger's right, we should admit that Sakurai's crazy. Like, no, they're never <laughs> gonna do that. So it just strikes me as weird. And then he, and then other people are like, well, maybe he didn't understand the NDA, maybe that's what happened. Sure, except on the year ago podcast, The Geeks With Wives, he went into a whole speech about how, like, Nintendo's policy of how they tell developers, don't be the voice of the company. Don't, as a Treehouse member, go out there and be a spokesperson. That's not your job. Avoid talking about video games. Just avoid it. Like you, I think I had a direct quote. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, I lost it. Oh, yeah. The little thing can quickly snowball. So that's why we're always encouraged. Do not be a vocal person for video games. Try to stay away from it. Don't talk about games in certain senses. He said those exact words on a podcast where he then proceeded to tell all these ridiculous stories. <laughs> he, there's clearly a disconnect there. But the thing that really bothered me was like, so then Cliff Belinsky, Cliffy B, the, the game developer, very outspoken game developer. He made Gears of War. He, you know, got Jazz the Jackrabbit. There, there's some trivia for nope. you. He, you know, Gears of War, though. Yeah. But yeah, Cliffy B, as he's known, came out and was like, I'm never going to work for Nintendo if this other three employees. Like, he tweeted that. Just like, dude, if your employee turned around and did this to you, I'm pretty sure you'd fire them. So back off a little. Like, <laughs> you don't see this in any other industry. It's not like Fox employees after Fantastic Four came out. It's not like a Fox, you know, one of the people that worked on uh, Fantastic Four went to the press and said, Hi, my name's Jason. I worked on Fantastic Four. And let me tell you everything horrible about Fox's management and the director. They did that, but they did it through anonymous sources. 
if you're gonna leak stuff, Chris Pranger, do it as an anonymous <laughs> source. But yeah, so like you don't see that. You don't see like SNL cast members go do an interview and be like, "Man, that Lauren Michaels guy that runs our show, he is such a dick." Like that doesn't happen. Or like he sees a control freak, he cries himself to sleep, and then like he changes the skits because I my skits funnier. Like that doesn't happen. Like I don't know what made him think. So I get, I feel for him. I understand. Yeah, why now that he's fired, he could do everything willingly. Nah, he gets sued if he does because oh, he signed an NDA. And again, we don't know what the NDA says. And it does, I realize it's not little... Why can he get sued now? What? Why can he get I, sued now? Because he signed an NDA. Even if you're not the company, you agree not to spill the secrets of that No, that's right. Why can't he get sued now? Oh, 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 he could, but I don't think Nintendo wants to bother because it's not that extreme. It's not like he revealed unreleased games. But they probably were smart to come loose right before the NX because unintentionally or not, I feel like he'd start accidentally saying things like, yes, I'm working on this new, like, diskless system, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you about it, but it's diskless. Uh, but yeah, so... <laughs> Did I mention it's diskless? <laughs> what? Did I mention it's Oh, yeah, yeah. Did I mention it's Did I have to tell you there's a new system coming out that doesn't have any disks? But yeah, it's, um... Yeah, from, like, I, I know I sound a little <laughs> callous about this because he is a person. Like, usually when I go on these rants, it's about companies, so you can kind of, like, be like, oh, it's a monolithic thing, it's not like a person with feelings, but, like, Dude, come on. Like, you should know better. I was at Konami. I did a two-week internship at Konami in high school. I signed an NDA. I would so never in a million cute. years go on a podcast and be like, so let me tell you about the inner corporate culture of Konami. And by the way, here's every, here's some upcoming games that they decided not to release that I played. Like, I wouldn't... Even at two weeks, I would not do that. And he's been there for three years, and he's doing it multiple times. How like, were those two weeks? What? How were those two weeks long ago? It was fun. I'm not gonna go much further than that, but no, it's fine. It's cool to see the inside of a company like that. Now, granted, uh, leaks about what Konami's Japanese corporate culture like, as in the last few weeks, have been kind of crazy, and it sounds like they're like a totalitarian, totalitarian like government or something. But like, but it was fun when I was there. I enjoyed it, and it was kind of cool to see the other side of the industry. But I'm not gonna say more than that. I'm not gonna be like funny story. So I was playing Game X, which by the way never got released, and like I'm not gonna do that. Ice. But what? Like you told us. Oh, well, however many years later, I might have said it in confidence to one person, but I'm not going to go on a podcast <laughs> and be like, so, you. so, you know, I met Kojima, I did not, or Kojima, I said Kojima. I met Kojima, I didn't, but yeah, I met Kojima. 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 Uh, I was right before. Yeah. Yeah. Why did I, I crack myself? I don't know. I, I don't met know. Kojima, and by the way, he's you a control did. freak. I didn't. Yeah, I met Comic-Con. him at Comic-Con, yeah, Comic-Con, but separate from, I'm saying I went going like, yeah. a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my two weeks at Konami, I saw, um, Kojima cry five times. Like, if it didn't happen, I wouldn't say it if it did. So, did you see the snake statue? Yeah, it was in their lobby. Hmm. It's actually open to the public, that lobby, so oh. you can go see it, too. Cool. But, and they have a DDR machine as well. Or they did in Which 2007. I've, I've been. But, but yeah, point is, like, so I no? know I sound callous. That's a no. I know I sound callous about, like, oh, this guy's a real person with real feelings and real emotions, but, dude, you are literally saying, I can't talk about this, and then talking about it. Like, you brought it on yourself. I'm sorry. Anyway, while we're talking business, that's it for my rant. Did we just reject just, a visit to Konami like that? Uh, I, yes. <laughs> so mean. You can try Square Enix. I work next door to them. Yeah. They have a cool lobby. They have uh, figurines and stuff in the lobby. Yeah. They don't have no snake, lo- snake statue. Though. Yeah, they do. Snake statue? They make them. Square Enix? Yeah, Square Enix has a whole figurine department. Is it snake statue? like the? Oh, the big statue. I think I meant the little statuette. Sorry. But anyway, while we're talking, yeah, okay, fine. We'll go to Konami one day, just for you. Oh, that's cool. Thanks. That's that is one of the perks of living in LA. For people that don't know where we're recording, is that there's a lot of game companies down here. More in San Francisco, but a fair number down here, and they're all like really close to where I live. Uh, Valve is the coolest one I've been to. What? Valve is the coolest one I've been to. Up in Seattle. 
give you a tour, and then they give you a goodie bag in the That's end. That's pretty awesome. I wish Nintendo did that. I would go see off of that. But anyway, while we're talking about oh, Nintendo, I saw Nintendo really, too. From the outside. Or did you well, I in, went inside, but and then, then like, there's nothing here. <laughs> uh, you can see like the Bumblebee car uh, from, yeah, yeah. in the back, but yeah, that's for, that's only because you can see it from far. But they wouldn't let you go. Yeah, their town never does tours, even their old facilities before they built the new one. They didn't do it. Apparently, they have a company store you can go to. That's probably yeah, yeah. Oh no, I thought it was only open to um, employees. Oh, that's right. It's employees and friends. You're right. It's a Nintendo World store, technically. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so while I guess while we're talking business, now that I've ranted about poor Mr. Pranger. Uh, sales numbers. This one's brief. Don't worry. Because I know I know that, like, some people are more into sales than others. But, uh, so July happened. That was a month on the calendar. And with it came some sales. And last week, uh, the NPD group released their U.S. sales numbers. And what's interesting is even though there are no new releases in July, the momentum of June propelled July this year to be up 6% over last year overall in terms of hardware, software, PS4, truck, uh, Trucked along. Lego Jurassic Park was the number one game. That was a June release. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight Ooh. was the number two game in July, even though that also was a June release. So everything's just, it's the momentum of June well, number just one carrying game. it. Lego Jurassic Park. Oh, I did just say that. But, um, yeah, so nothing from Nintendo landed in the top ten, but they did confirm that Splatoon. Why would Nintendo land top ten? What? Why would Nintendo land No, nothing from Nintendo land did in the top ten. Man, you know what really sucks is Wii Sports Resort was not in the top ten. <laughs> but, but yeah, n- nothing of Nintendo's placed in the top ten in July, but Nintendo did confirm that Splatoon... Jurassic World Lego did better Lego than Jurassic World. Yeah, because, think about it, it's the third biggest movie of all time. A lot of kids are going to want to play that. I guess. And it's in the momentum of There's the movie. There's definitely more little kids. Than there are old Batman fans. Mm, I guess the T-Rex did do a happy face in the window. Pretty much, like, I feel like... What? <laughs> Pretty much, like, there's, like, a good amount of people that bought Batman that also bought Lego Jurassic Park, in addition to all the little kids that bought Lego Jurassic Park that didn't get Batman. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And, and Lego Jurassic Park has the perk of being on every system known to Man. the human species. One of the, one of the first things that few kids when... It's on, I don't know if it's on 3S, but it's on all the consoles, it's on PC, it's on Mac, it's on mobile. Although mobile doesn't count for this, but it's on everything. So you have a game that's on two systems versus a game that's on, like, six. Oh, I guess. And when I went back to, oh, I guess when the kids came back from vacation, one of the first things they told me was, like, like oh, Mr. Mr. Favato, did you play Lego Jurassic World? And you're like, no. Oh, I called it Lego Jurassic Park. That's all, like, I say Splatoon. I'm like, oh, Splatoon. They're going to start talking about that. See, that's what's going good for Nintendo, Splatoon actually has boosted software sales of the Wii U from, you know, the start of the year till now, so those first seven months, boosted them uh, 10% higher than they were this time a year ago. And keep in mind, a year ago, they had Mario Kart in their favor. But now between Smash, Mario Kart, and Splatoon, the, the triple threat, even this many months after release, is helping them sustain that. Uh, Wii U hardware, though, not doing as well. Oh, I should say, Splatoon sold 85,000 copies in July, so it's at over half a million here in the States, over 1.6 million worldwide as of end of June. Which means probably by now, honestly, it's probably over two million worldwide, or very, very close to two million worldwide. Wow. Which for a new property that they took a gamble on, that's pretty good. Um, Wii U hardware numbers. Everything's a gamble. No, you could release a Mario Kart and be pretty sure it's going to sell at least two million copies. Okay. Or Smash Bros. It's, like it's more two of a gamble. Of the more of a gamble. Big ones. Yeah, that's my point. The only ones you can say that about. A Zelda game, a Mario game. Those are gambles. They're all gambles to some degree, but Splatoon's the biggest because you're going with an unknown. Oh, that motion controller, Sky Sword. Skyward Sword. Oh, that, maybe what, people... did, what, what did you Skyward just call Sword? It? I no. just elongated the vowels because uh, I couldn't remember. Sword. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. Everything can be a gamble. But the thing about Splatoon is like it has no 
base it. You can't. There can't be someone that goes, "Oh, I've enjoyed other games in the series. I'll check it out." You have to pitch everyone as if they've never heard of it, which is a lot harder for marketing. But it seems to work because eighty-five thousand uh, more copies sold here in the states, and Wii U hardware is not doing quite as well. <laughs> no surprise there. So it sold about leak numbers. Nintendo strategically did not announce the numbers. Leaks put at forty-six thousand units in July, which is half, roughly, of what it did a year ago in July. It sold 80,000 in July 2013. So, we're definitely in the, like, riding it out phase with the Wii U at this point. Nintendo's just like, well, we'll take what we can get. You think uh, Arkham Knight would have helped the Wii U? No. (laughs) It would have run on the Wii U. (laughs) They're like, hey, you want to play Arkham Knight where you can't drive anywhere? No, but they, like, downgraded it. It wouldn't have worked. The open world's too big. That's why they waited the song for the Really shady graphics. Yeah, it would have been bad. (laughs) But, Someone would have bought it. What? Someone would have bought it. I don't know. How many people bought the other Batmans on Wii U? I actually have no idea, but I don't That's think it would have been that popular. But uh, it, I should mention that, of course, Wii U sales are down this year over last year, because last year they had Mario Kart 8, which is by far more of a system seller than Splatoon. So that, that's just what it is. 3DS, on the other hand, did not do... Um, well, we don't have hard numbers for it, I should say. So Nintendo gave a very vague statement that 3DS hardware has been up 35% from January to July of this year compared to January to July of last year. Of course it is when you release a brand new system halfway through that that time span. So what's interesting is Scott Moffat, their uh, Nintendo's marketing VP, he was like, oh yeah, when we launched the new 3DS XL, sales were 40% higher for it than we expected. So it's like, okay, so you're up 35%, that boosted 40%. What's that mean for July? Like, specifically, is the 3DS actually doing better? Nope. Uh, <laughs> leak numbers, again, not official numbers, Nintendo won't say, but leak numbers say that the 3DS sold 104,000 units this July. And in 2014, that July, it sold 108,000 units. So they're actually down 4,000 units, which is not much in the grand scheme of things. They're down 4,000 units four months after launching a entire, an entirely new redesigned 3DS. Not good. No games for it. That's part of the problem. But they have a solution. Oh. They have a solution. Remember the 2DS? No. Oh, yeah, yeah it's thing? getting a cut, isn't it? Well, here's what's interesting. We were saying during... I don't think... Yeah, it was the episode with Nintendo's financials for last the core, second quarter financials. So last episode, I was saying, like, the 2DS is, like, dead. It sold, like, 40,000 units worldwide, which is, like, nothing in three months. Forty or 50,000. So it's completely... It's dead. It's done. What are they going to do with it? Well, you're, you just said it. Price cut. Mm-hmm. Apparently, apparently, sometimes the narratives we tell here in the Nintendo Podcast span more than one episode because Nintendo doesn't move that fast. <laughs> but, yeah, basically, they are saying, well, instead of being $130, it's now going to be $100 starting August 30th. The 2DS. It's going to come with Mario Kart, so really you're paying $70 in a $30 game. And it's going to launch very conveniently right around the time of a bunch of stuff that kids that might appeal to kids, much like the Fisher-Price handheld that is the 2DS is designed to appeal to. So, you know, let's say your favorite anime is Little Battlers Extreme. What well, coincidence, the price drops five days after the game comes out. For 3DS. Oh. Let's say you like your koi watch and you want to jump, on, jump in on the manga or, yeah, the, the manga? Manga? Manga, thank you. I knew that's not agree. The manga, the yeah, end. Yeah, let's, we're about restarting that thought real quick. Let's say you <laughs> like your koi, your koi watch just because I need to reset myself here. Your and kai. Your kai watch, you're right. Wow. <laughs> Can I blame the heat? It's really warm in here. Let's say you like blame your kai your watch. caucasian Okay, I will. I will. <laughs> it's my caucasian fault. Uh, but let's say you like Yokai Watch, oh. and let's say you're into the anime and the manga, Magna. Manga. But, screw it. And you want to get <laughs> you the like game. The and you want, yeah, you like the comic, and you want to now get the game. Conveniently, the day before the price drop announcement, they announced, oh, well, the game's coming out November 6th. 
So basically, they have just positioned the 2DS as like this kid-friendly thing with all these hot new properties that have games exclusively for it. Like they're very, there seems to be kind of a like two-prong approach here. You have the 2DS for kids, which is, if you may recall, it launched with Pokemon X and Y back in the day, kid-friendly game. Then they Nintendo focused on a lot of more like just games for everyone, Smash Bros, yada yada, and the 2DS started falling off a cliff. Now they're going, oh, right, kids, that's a thing. And they have LBX and they have Yokai Watch, and now the 2DS is suddenly back in the picture and is cheaper and they're marketing it more. Like, there's definitely a two prong thing where they're going, okay, kids, buy Yokai Watch, buy <laughs> LBX, or you like those things, now you will buy our system. And who knows, maybe we'll convert you to play Animal Crossing, Happy Home Designer, or Chibi Robo, or, uh, you know, or Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon, that's probably a kid friendly one. All that's going to be like, okay, that's one approach. Meanwhile, for us older gamers, they have the XL and the new Older XL. gamers and enthusiasts. And enthusiasts. Okay, sure. <laughs> that was targeted at me, I think. But, let's, uh, yeah, they have, um, you know, for older fans of Nintendo and, and the gaming scene, they have, um, they have Zelda, they have Chibi-Robo as well, because there's, like, the Amiibo Easter eggs in there. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Um, Amiibo's Easter eggs for Chibi-Robo are that you can put any character you scan in, it'll pose Chibi-Robo and that pose as a collectible figurine in-game. So it's a total, like, gimmicky thing, in addition to giving him powers and whatnot, but, uh, so yeah. But anyway, so they have those for the older folk, and then maybe, if you'll Kai Watch or LBX review well, maybe those gamers will then jump in and play the other stuff. But basically, there's two points of entry now, instead of just trying <laughs> to siphon everyone into the XL, and that means double the audience. So it's kind of a smart way to try and boost sales and get the 2DS back on its feet. So is Mario Kart 8 content dead? They haven't announced anything. Well, yeah. No, they can announce it down the road. Just because <laughs> they haven't announced doesn't mean it's not happening. You think but it's dead? No. I think they got one more. Early 2016, because they have no games. Oh, maybe. That's yeah. my guess. They still need that Captain Falcon another playable character. It's going to be Captain Falcon's playable character mm-hmm. tune content for cross-promotion. Uh, Inkling Boy and Inkling Girl? That's my guess. Or just, yeah, Inkling Boy and Girl that are interchangeable in a Splatoon stage. It's going to be like that of paint. That, yeah, and the carts will have paint tire treads. Or, like, instead of tire marks, it'll be paint. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, one of the carts is going to be a giant squid. Yeah, or, like, the, the, the Kraken or whatever. Yeah. Game. But, uh, but, yeah, there's one final piece of the 3DS puzzle I think Nintendo has to fix the system this year, and that is Amiibo. Because if you think about it, it plays very well into the hand of they're aiming at kids now. And it plays into well, the hand I guess hand there's one thing the 3DS has, the Amiibo function. Yeah, but here's here's the interesting thing. They're now making it work with the 2DS because the NFC reader accessory launches next month, conveniently wedged between LBX and your Kai Watch, and the 2DS just has price drop. So now, parents can go, "Oh, my kid wants whatever the stupid scanny thingy is, <laughs> um, but I could get with a hundred dollar system that comes with the game, and it's only like thirty bucks by itself. Or if they want to get Happy Home Designer, it comes bundled with that as an option." It's a very smart approach. Yeah, because they want Happy. Oh wait, that's Animal Crossing. Yeah, it's Animal Crossing. Mind. They might, but um. Yeah, I think I think it's probably gonna help them because there's a survey that came out um, from MPD that just recently, like the day before these numbers and all this stuff, that uh, based on a sample of eleven hundred, yeah, eleven hundred families or so, twelve hundred families, uh, they found that the average family spends one hundred thirty-one bucks on Toy to Life games, which is kind of a lot actually. Like the per the, month, per... Uh, just they've spent thus far one hundred thirty-one dollars on Toy to Life games and products, just Toy to Life products in general. For and that, year? what? Wait, what do you mean? No, just like two dates. They have bought one hundred thirty-one dollars worth of toy delight stuff. Sounds like a lot. Meaning they at least buy the star packs and a couple additional toys of Skylanders, or they buy 
10 Amiibo or they buy a Disney like one pack game and like couple. six toys. I don't, you know what, I'm not actually sure if the games actually themselves are included. I'm not sure if the games themselves are included or if they mean the bundle pack, but they spent that much money. Oh, okay. And that's money that Nintendo could make with people that are buying the 2DS. But more to the point, 80% of those parents thought it was a good investment, and two-thirds of those parents said they're going to buy more. So that's a huge opportunity for Nintendo to come in and say, hey, um, here's a cheap system for your kid, and you like those toy life, you, your kid likes toy life, you think it's a good investment, look what now works with the 2DS. Like, it's just an extra th- an extra value add, basically. So it could make sense. And, I mean, the thing is, like, imagine if a kid gets LBX and 2DS and is like, oh, I want Happy Home Designer. Yeah, imagine it. Yeah, imagine hard. And then, <laughs> and then they get it, right? <laughs> and then, so let's say they get it. And then they start saying, oh, Mom, I want the Animal Crossing cards. Those are six bucks a pack. You get six cards for six bucks. Mom, I, I want the cards. Yeah, I want the cards, Mom. And then she's like, all right, I'll buy you the card. That's six bucks for six cards. That starts adding up very fast for Nintendo. You're gonna tell them all that. So what? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I should have put end quote. And they're gonna call it. They're a lot for Nintendo. Like, mom, why do I care about what Nintendo is doing? Yeah, but my, my point. No, wait, wait, what? I just want the cards. Yeah, but my point. I'm recording what the mom was saying, including oh, what yeah, the Nintendo yeah. part. And then the mom launched into a 10 minute analysis about how the 2DS is gonna save the 3DS and bring the <laughs> <laughs> revenue in. But no, like, so Nintendo not only is the 2DS like a new way to make money directly, it's also a point of entry for all these other sales opportunities. So. I do like points of entry. I've got to see you're talking about doorways. He's talking about doorways and tunnels for freeways, right? That's what we're talking about here? Definitely. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, I'm glad you're a fan of freeways. You know, they do help us get from point A to point B, and sometimes tunnels you have to use to get under a mountain because you can't go around. It'll take too long. So I'm glad you appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so um, one, oh, one other interesting thing about MPD that's totally unrelated to this. Apparently, Nintendo's Amiibo, opposed to someone else's, Amiibo are used more by adults than any other toy life. 21% of people that bought Amiibos said, Amiibo, said that they bought them for themselves as adults. I can see that. Not Mostly collectors. Kids, kids exactly, are collectors. Exactly. Like us. Like us. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, you? Us? Two Mexicans and a white guy? Yeah, like all races. <laughs> I see no color. Uh, like us. But yeah, so... It'll be interesting to see if this plan works for Nintendo, but it kind of makes sense. You know, the two-prong and then having Amiibo kind of be an extra money booster, but time will tell. Um, but speaking of Amiibo, while we're talking about it, I feel it's worth mentioning that last episode I went on that whole tirade about the three-pack at GameStop being incredibly stupid. It's going to be hard to get. It's going to be a pain. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Well, day of, I walked into GameStop at 2 in the afternoon and said, hey, do you have any three-packs? Knowing they wouldn't. And then they go, oh, yeah, we have 86. And I'm like, what? And then I bought one. So you didn't know. <laughs> Didn't know what? You said knowing they wouldn't. Clearly, you didn't know. I, what? So you, you said knowing they wouldn't have any packs available. At the time, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah. I got you, yeah. But, uh, so apparently, so props to GameStop and Nintendo, because they finally did it right with Amiibo, because you got two. Yeah. Yeah. All the way from Arizona. No, you were in Nevada. All the way from Nevada. <laughs> you were in Vegas. Wait, you thought Vegas was in Arizona? No. Oh, uh, that's interesting. No, no, the, the, the last thing I, I saw was something Arizona-related. I don't know why. Oh. Oh, I just remember what it was. Um, cool story. Anyway, see <laughs> later. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't gonna be I was gonna be in Las Vegas during that weekend that the pre-order was happening. So I'm like, oh well, I guess I can't pre-order it. So at some point we end up at a mall and there's a GameStop there, and I go in there and they have like 70 Amiibo left out of like how many more that they have to pre-order. I think they had like 90 at one point, and they just told me, oh, as long as your local GameStop has some available, we can set the pre-order up from here. We just have to 
have you pre-order it here, and then we cancel it, and then transfer it over. Right, whatever. right. And apparently they had two left back home, and it worked, and that was it. Yeah, it's, and then the craziest part is it's available on GameStop.com for 10 days. Wow. It didn't sell out for 10 days. Hmm. Like, why? what switch was suddenly flipped at Nintendo that made at least this work well? Because it's only this, and they need to flip the switch on more things. Because on the other hand, on the other side of it, there's a rumor going around that GameStop's not doing any pre-orders for the rest of Wave 5, which comes out on, as Nintendo says, the 11th of September. So, Never not September it. 11th, the 11th of September. Uh, so, for example, if you want Zero Suit Samus, if you want Olimar, if you want Ganondorf, if you want 8-Bit Classic Mario. The Olimar? Olimar. That was Olimar. Mario Olimar. Olimar. But his name's a scramble of Mario. They've Nintendo made that's where the name came from, so why would the O be pronounced different? We'll see how... Well, we, we'll play Smash after this and yeah. see what they say, yeah. But either way, if you Probably want the Pikmin Captain... You are right, Olimar. If you want, it is Olimar. I'm positive. I'll put real money down. I don't know, you also, you also say manga. Well, that's a Japanese word, Omar's a made-up word. Uh, I'll, put, I'll, I'll, I'll put down five dollars, I'm right. And then we'll report back next episode if it's true or not. Or someone leave a comment on the blog and tell me how stupid I am if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure you're right. But uh, anyway, all those characters, if you want any of those, you won't be able to pre-order, you won't be able to have endless su- supplies of them. Um, it's ju- it's going to be more like the traditional Amiibo chaos messiness. Which kind of sucks. Hopefully Amazon or Best Buy again, because I would prefer getting them there. But all I really want is uh, Olimar <laughs> and 8-Bit Classic Mario. But, you know, however I get them, I can. But the point is... Which color? Uh, well, they're only releasing Classic Color now, and then they're doing 8-Bit Modern Mario sometime in the future if they haven't announced. I think no, I'm going to get both. Wait. Oh, okay. But, yeah, they look really cool. Yeah, they do. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, so the, re- the Amiibo Ridiculous is over on some levels and not over on others, but I just want to commend GameStop and Nintendo for doing an excellent job with those retro pre-packs, because I honestly thought it was going to be a complete and total mess, and it was literally the polar opposite. It's the first time I've not had any worry or issue with an Amiibo once I actually... Well, worry I shouldn't say, because I was worried before. It's the first time I've had zero issue with an Amiibo. Good. Yeah. It's exciting. has started. Indeed. But... Um, in, the, in case you can't get them somehow, like let's say it's day 11 and you missed them online, there is an option, guys. There's an option. If you want the content from Amiibo and you don't care about the figurines and you don't want to hunt them down and you don't want to spend a lot of money, you can now get, I'm not making this up, the Amiquo is a small disc with a companion Android app. The disc has an FC chip. The Android app tells it which Amiibo to transmit. And it can hold up to 200 Amiibos saved on it. Hmm. It costs like $89 or something. Nintendo's going to shut it down, most likely, for uh, violation of copyright and legal, you know, and IP and all that. But they are claiming, Amiquo, that's very, or however you say it, that's very similar to um, the argument of, oh yeah, I download emulators and ROMs because I'm backing up my game. No, you don't. You download them because they're free and you're a pirate. But uh, no one is backing up their, I'm sorry, no one, no one is backing up Amiibo Banjo Kazooie for N sixty four on their laptop because they're worried that like their <laughs> copies were bad or something. Like no one's buying an Amiibo to back up their two hundred Amiibo considering only fifty six or something of them are actually out in the world. So this is definitely a very you know, it's to it's to not have to pay, it's to be a bit of a scam artist. So you could argue But what if you want to save like multiple Bowser well, configurations? So you buy multiple Bowsers. Huh. That's the thing. Like, it's Nintendo's IP. But you could argue... They do have three different kinds of Bowser. You could argue... That's true. There you go. You could argue, though, that Nintendo almost brought this on themselves, this Amiibo thing, because um, they, like, they're making... You know, they're putting content behind Amiibo, like, walls. They're 
making them hard to find all the ones you want. If you want a specific one, you may never get it. But if you only care about the content they come with, this is a way to do that. So you, I could see why people would be interested. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see just how much this catches on before they shut it down. Because you know those like all-in-one DS R4 cartridges where you put like hundreds oh, of DS yeah. games mm -hmm. in certain circles. In certain circles, those are huge. Like everyone owns one. Like that was the downfall of the DS in Europe. Honestly, sales tanked because those things caught on so much. That's why I'm in certain circles. Like it was big there, it was less so here in the states. But those are pretty cool, though. They are pretty cool in theory, but they're illegal. How dare you? No, <laughs> makes them cooler. Uh, I know they are pretty cool in theory, but this is kind of like the Amiibo version of those. Like the Amiibos, my the ones that are collecting because they want content might want this, but I don't think it's more niche for sure than the R4 will ever be or has ever been. But this Amico thing is. Just shows you how big Amiibo are, that they're making Amiibo scamming devices, essentially. But yeah, so um, that that, that kind of does it for news. Um, yeah, the one last thing we have to talk about is something that I know we've all played, and we can all talk about, and that is Splatoon. We are now in a post-Splatoon 2.0 world. That's what I have to say on that. Good night, everyone. No, um... It, for those who don't know, just really, really quick run through it. They added a lot of stuff since the game came out. We're talking almost weekly. There are new weapons. There are new stages. They added, in the August update, squad battles. So you can basically have your own um, clan, essentially. Squid squad. squid squad. It's like you, you can have your own squid squad goals and go out and do things. But yeah, you basically had your own group, and you can jump from rank match to rank match in the same group. You can weirdly change weapons when in that mode only. Which I thought was kind of funny. Like you can't you can't change weapons in between matches in any other mode except the squad when you're in a squad. But whatever. And then well, that's when you're playing um, like only in squad battles. You or do you mean like when you're just creating your own lobby with only friends? I I know it's friends. I'm not. I haven't actually made a squad myself. But I know. I, I so I'm not sure if it extends beyond. I'm not sure if it extends beyond the private battles. But the fact that you can do it in one mode and not another is what I find bizarre. Yeah. Regardless of which variant of squads, the fact that like if I go into a ranked battle, I still have to back out completely to change a weapon strikes me as weird. But and then there are private battles as well for those yeah, who don't but know. The best of triangles is like the two v two v two v two, yeah. which is really still four versus four, but half the team is like friend. That's yeah, it. yeah, and then yeah, and then private battles lets you do pretty much anything you want. You can choose what type of match you do. You can choose how many people. You can do one on one, two on two, three on three. Because sometimes it's really, especially now that you have three ranked modes. Yeah, like. I wrote, like I remember in the beginning, I really wanted to play tower defense. I finally got to play it for a while, but then that was all I was able ever able to play because yeah. that just happened to always be the game. Well, that's the annoying thing is the stupid randomization of modes they do. Like, I mean, on the pro of it is it makes <laughs> it does make you appreciate when that mode that you really want to play yeah. is on. Yeah, I mean the pro of it, like the the advantage of it, is that it makes for more level well, playing experiences. You know, because you can't have someone who's super good in one specific mode of platoon. Or people only flock to one or two modes of Splatoon, and then you're stuck being like, I want to play Tower, uh, whatchamacallit. What's the Tower, tower Mode called? No, no, it's not Tower no, Defense. Tower control? tower control. Yeah, like, I want to play Tower Control, but no one else plays it. Like, this ensures that whatever you want to play, or actually not that's what you want to play, whatever's being played is being played. That's true. Which a lot of the games do suffer heavily. Yeah, so that that's Especially smart. Me. And it also makes for more balanced playing experience, so if you jump in, you're but not also, necessarily like, going to... The whole weapon thing is in it. Was that... Was the way they have it organized... Since this uh, stage is only... Wait, do the stages and mode change yes, every four hours? Yes, every four hours. Stage that's and mode. So, so like, every mode... It's like, oh, for four stage, hours. Or every rank... It's, or let me rephrase. It's rank and... It's ranked match mode and maps. So, like, it will rotate... You know, it'll say, okay, four hours are up. Here are your two maps, and here's the new mode they're in. Yeah, it's yeah. not, like, separate within the mode they 
rotate. So, like, as the modes change, it's like, oh, it's tower control. Yeah. I'm going to get this weapon because I like playing this with this weapon. Yeah, and, and that's, then, like, that's four hours later, I'm like, oh, it's the Rainbow Rainmaker. Yeah. Rainmaker, like, well, I'm going to use this weapon. Yeah. And that's exactly, I think, what the developers wanted. Because I remember when they started doing this with maps. Like, when they first rolled out the game and they had it with maps. And they did an interview and they're like, yeah, what we wanted to do is have people experiment with weapons. They wanted anyone to basically, for lack of a better term, like, camp a single weapon. Like, you could camp a map. They don't want you to, like, just constantly use one weapon. So by doing it this way, they're able to make sure people are a little more well-balanced. And can actually kind of experience different things and try different types of guns. Because even there's now new guns. You got the Gatling guns. You got the buckets. You got the, the ink sprayers, which are kind of like the rollers, but... Gatling gun isn't something when it, it's in place. Uh, well, I mean, no, you can pop them. The mini gun. Oh. Yeah, mini guns. Better way to put it. The mini splatter. I don't know what you're called. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like they have all those, and they have all these new things for you to try. But you're, if you're setting your ways and you are always going to play the same map because you just want to up your win count, you can't do that in this game, which is a great plus because it makes sure it's a more level playing. Experience. It's a very Nintendo-y thing to do. Like we want to make it have a little random, a little random element, and we want to make it so you have to be good at the game, not a specific thing. So we're not going to tell you what you're going to play, but here you go. <laughs> Meanwhile, the con, of course, is that if you want to play a specific mode, you cannot. Like, for example, I really like Rainmaker. I got to play, you know, the day it came out, I was playing it. I'm like, this is great. I love this. Like, I love how chaotic it is. It's really fun. And then the next day I was going to go play again, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're doing tower control. I don't know why I keep bashing that one, but they're doing tower control. I have zero interest. And let's see. It's 9 o'clock at night right now. I'm going to sleep at 1 a.m. I guess they're changing the levels at like 10 or 11, but I'm going to be busy at that time. I guess I'm not playing today. All right. Like, it's just kind of annoying that, like, it, you can't play what you actually want to play all the time, which, again, is the entire purpose of why it's designed like this. To make sure people try new things, but if I am really wanting to try, but if you're stubborn, but if you're stubborn like me, no, if you want to play Rainmaker because that's the new mode and it's not there, what you're not playing. Like the the one good thing they have for that for those four hours. Yeah, but if you are coming home from work and it's like nine or ten at night, kids don't have work. (laughs) Their kids have bedtimes and homework. Because I'm tight. Because I'm tight. That's. That's Angel over there. But I'll just keep talking over oh, Yeah, you are you getting sick? Maybe. Oh, that's Sounds like you're sick. We're currently recording in your room that's doubling as a sauna because it's freaking middle of summer in LA and now we're finding out that you're spraying germs everywhere. Yay. But no, um Yay. But yeah, it's it's a weird what we like do for you. I know. It's a it's a weird uh yeah, look at this look at my sacrifice I may be making because I may die based on whatever <laughs> sickness he has, but here I am recording in the heat. Uh but no, it's it's a weird like tug of war that it has to do between like making it so you're not gonna have people that are super good and ruin the experience for newer players while also not making it so you can't play what you want to play. I guess this is mostly happy me and the times I've had issues with it have, are few and far between. But it does happen when I get annoyed by it. And at least in Japan I don't know why this isn't in the States. In Japan you know the Mario Kart 8 website where you do replays and stuff? They have a Splatoonified version of that. Where like you go you log in with your Nintendo Network ID it shows who of your friends are online it ranks all your friends so you can see who's the best player at that you know of late because it's like you can um, you can see their weapon loadout, their co- their outfit loadout, just from the website. And most importantly, for this conversation, it shows you which maps are currently in use and how and mode Ooh, and rank so mode and, and how much longer. About, and you have to be like, oh, yes, no. exactly. And for some reason, it's out yeah, of Japan. Yeah, I have to be home in two hours. Yeah, it's out of Japan. It works on mobile. It's in Japanese. I don't know why it hasn't launched in the U.S. Like, all you need to do is change the wording on the buttons to English words, and you're good. <laughs> like, the tech is there. It's in place. The it's APIs cool. are working. I don't get it. But it's a really cool feature. It's something I actually feel like I would use regularly. Because I might be like, do you want to play Splatoon for a little bit? And just pull out my phone and be like, app. it's the mode I want. 
Nintendo doesn't do apps because they have to develop for iOS and Android, and that takes way too many resources for them. That'd be cool. But you can bookmark it um, as oh. a bookmarklet on the home True. screen. But, and it'll have a special icon like Miiverse and everything. But, um, yeah, like, it just seems to me like that that helps alleviate at least a lot of stress because you're like, well, let me just look, and you have to sit down and wait for the game to boot only to find out the mode you want isn't there. Or just have a bunch of friends always online. But, uh, but yeah, so the modes themselves. So there are three of them. Where, which is your end's favorite? Like, what? I'm Tower Control, or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah tower, control. tower Control, probably. So for those who don't know, that's the one where essentially there's a... Tower, you're, right, and yeah. you have to control it. Yes, okay. it's yeah. a tower. It's like a little cube, if anything. And it's like on a track. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's on a rail, and you have to... Pretty much, you just want to spray that tower, and then you just want to jump on it, and then as, whenever, as you're jumping on it or however... You want to jump on it, and then it starts moving towards your base. It starts right. moving back. Oh, no, actually, no. It moves towards your enemy's base, and it just keeps going until it gets to its finish line, and when it gets there, you win. Yeah, and an interesting thing is, like, the more people that pile onto the tower, the faster it goes and things like that. So you have yeah. to... You, you're not just... You almost have to, like, have a strategy, even though you can't communicate, unless you're your squid squad or whatever. Even though you can't communicate. But you have to have a strategy where you really have to account for the fact that, okay, we either need to flank the sides and strategically pluck people off, or we need to like like go up from there. There's different ways you can do it, but you don't want the entire team on that tower if you're the opponent, because then they're just gonna like barricade all the way through. Mm -hmm. Or you do because you have snipers and you just go right in. So there's so many different there's different approaches, I guess. It's interesting because like when you take like let's say your the enemy team is about to win, and then you take over the tower to get it away from your base. Yeah, it speeds up really fast until it gets to like the center, and then it just slows down. Right, like back to right. normal. I don't know. It's cool. It's, really it's like a giant game of tug of war. I know I used that analogy earlier for something else, but it, it's basically it's captured a flag and tug of war kind of combined. It's, it, it's Rainmaker, very similar to Rainmaker. It's yes. that Rainmaker you can move around wherever. Rainmaker's you want. like a Rainmaker's like a less strategic version of tower uh, tower yeah. control. I like Rainmaker because it's just like I kind of enjoy the chaos because it lets me be good. Because <laughs> <laughs> it when it's more chaotic, I feel like my lack of skills is less apparent because it's just chaos. But uh, I like Rainmaker a lot because like basically it is capture a flag and like the most. Norm, like straight sense of it, but there's yeah, the flag is a really powerful weapon. The flag's a really powerful weapon, but you just have to run it to the other team's base. But you're constantly fighting over it and fighting who gets it and that sort of thing. And if it drops, someone else could pick it up and then switch teams. Like yeah, yeah. The third mode, which is actually the first one they rolled out, was Splat Zones, which I mean, it's essentially King of the Hill. It is King of the Hill. Yeah, man. it's it's yeah, it's King of the Hill. And it's just like a square that you have to paint. Oh, that map. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then. Um, that's about no, it. I mean, that one's fun. Yeah, that know. one's fun, but I feel like it's... I feel like it's... That's compared to the other one. It's just like a basic mode. Yeah, I was going to say it's the most like... Well, I mean, that only uses part of the map. At least with these other two, you're like throughout the whole map. That's I think that's too. why. I think that's... Th I think like Splat Zones would be interesting if they actually stay true to the S at the end of Zones. It's called Splat Zones, but there's only one Splat Zone. I mean, it'd be Well, cool. if you like had a couple... No, like A, B, and C. Yeah, or and you had to like try and like or even like capture other, all three. Or there's something there are other games where like the zone is there for a limited amount of time and then it moves somewhere else. And it would be cool if there were like multiple at once. I feel Sometimes like. there are multiple at once. Oh, there are? Yeah. I never noticed that. Then again, Splat Zone, to be honest, is one. It, it depends on the map. Some have two on the completely opposite ends and stuff like that. Right, right. Huh. Mm. I never noticed that. Then again, like I said, it's a yeah. lot of play these. But, but yeah, it's, it's cool because like we got this game that started out admittedly being very bare bones and then Nintendo's just been so diligently drip feeding us things over and over that it meant there's, yeah, there's less to play up front, but we were eased in very well. We learned the mechanics very well. Like, this is a different game from most years. It's a different game from most anything. And Nintendo did a really good job. They're kind of just, like, 
delivering it to people in a way that they could pick up the mechanics and learn, and then they'd slowly put little twists on it. Like, each map does something a little different. Like, um, I sent you guys before the show, like, Kelp Dome is the only map where, like, it's basically a, a, literally, like, two complete tiers, and you can either be on the top half or the bottom half, and you could paint down, or you can be on the ground floor and paint directly, and it leads to different strategies, but you only can really, like, it only really clicks once you know the mechanics of Splatoon, so playing it out alongside the game on day one, I feel like people would have a little harder time with it than when yeah, they did it months later. Off, but if you stay on top, you can't really recharge your aim, because there's right. really And people, like, people would learn that after a day or two of playing it, but, like, having it launch a month or so later, you know it instantly. Or, like, mo the most recent map, what, what is it, uh, Flounder Heights. That one's just pure verticality, which is something that very few of the maps that come with the game really focus on. I mean, technically all this is on the disc anyway, they're just unlocking it. But, like, the stuff they initially present to us is a lot more horizontal-based. Like, you're going forward, you're going backwards, you're going left-right. This one's a lot of going up-down, you're jumping, you're... If someone just bought the game, were well, they going to be bombarded by Keanu Marie with, like, all those updates? Probably. That's true. Huh? Probably, I have no idea. But oh it just... Oh my god, when they visit Sheldon for the first time? Oh god, that's going to be, yeah... But Sheldon. he's the, the uh, uh, weapon salesman. The weapon oh, salesman. Yeah, because I turned on Splatoon after oh, I, I missed two updates. I didn't play for a while, and I missed like two or three updates. So I turn on the game, and I start playing, and he's like, hey, check out this new weapon. Hey, check out this new weapon. And then five minutes later, I'm still sitting there, and he's like, hey, did I mention this weapon? I'm like, no, but I don't know what's what anymore, because you just <laughs> yeah. gave me so much information. No one's going to read it. Yeah, like I kind of read it, but I got mixed up in my head, because I'm like, so which is the one that comes with like the, the like, Beacon emitter thingy, and which is the one that comes with this. It'd be helpful if you could show like a little picture of whatever yeah. it is while he's talking. But I don't about think it. He, I don't think Nintendo expected that many people to be like. Let me just sit through a twenty minute monologue by him of different <laughs> weapons. But uh, but yeah, I just think this, the drips read so clever because like Flounder Heights, I didn't. I was starting to say, but the, the whole vertical thing, like there's a lot you have to paint the wall and move up the walls, which is something you barely. It's in every level, but it's not the focal point of the yeah, initial and then, levels. And the more it turns interesting because it's literally just like one line. Just yeah. One line. Yeah. But the, the whole thing's just, like, it's really smart to introduce players, and it's also really smart because, like, the amount of attention the game's gotten, the amount of buzz it's generated, it's on social media. Like, every other week, there's all sorts of Splatoon chit-chat among gamers. Like, it's it's really smart. It keeps it... Like, when Call of Duty comes out, yeah, everyone talks about it for a month or two, but then nothing till the DLC, and then nothing ever after. But this one has been a constant conversation since May 27th or whenever, and it hasn't really ever stopped. Because even if they don't have a map, even if they don't have... Uh, the new modes or anything, they're kind of like, oh, by the way, look at this zapper gun. Isn't that cool? And people are like, oh, hey, the zapper gun. Like, I like using <laughs> this now. Like, it's they, it's a very smart marketing plan as well as a really smart way to bring new mechanics to people. It's a very Nintendo thing to do. Talking about and, marketing plans, talking about those cool Decepticon shirts. Yeah, that's actually what I was about to say next, is it's a very Nintendo thing to do in that they keep just doing weird things you wouldn't expect. For example, putting Transformers into Splatoon. They got a lot of buzz. <laughs> it's almost yeah. too perfect, because like Transformers, you have like Two sides. robots that convert into vehicles, and then oh, you have think kids of that. that convert into squids. It's like kids and squids and bots and cars. It's almost like the same kind of gameplay, like shoot, retreat. But you also have the two factors. It's perfect. It's, it's really perfect. And the clever thing about that is like, it's such a subtle way for Hasbro to basically do in-game advertising. It's yeah, such it's, a subtle yeah. way for Nintendo like to it, it, Like, it's Pick your side. the name and logo and like the Optimus and the Megatron are from that new Robots in the Skies series that's currently going on right now. Yeah, like, it's it's definitely a marketing thing, but it's it's smart. It's one of those things that it doesn't even feel like sleazy. Like, I feel like some in-game advertising is just like, ugh, this is awful. But like, Transformers, like you guys said, it relates. It's a similar yeah, audience. Pokemon it's Pokemon Digimon. 
That would be crazy. Like, I would love if they did stuff like that in the future. It would probably have to be within the same franchise. Yeah. But imagine if they did, like, Pepsi Red versus, versus Blue. Or Pepsi versus... Or Blue versus... Red yeah, or, like, or Pepsi versus Coke or something. Or, like, Burger King versus McDonald's. Like, it could be really fun. They could that. convince brands to do, to get on board. Oh, that's true. And say, okay, you might lose just by the, rec- by yeah. the way, but you will have people hey, repping you. know how you. popular you are. You'll have people <laughs> repping you online. There'll be people taking photos of your think logo. Think of it as, like, an open source, uh, like, a... Uh, Market focus group. Yeah, focus group. But see, I don't... Yeah. But <laughs> that, that would work. Or but the I, Nintendo... I, I feel like even if they lose, they still win because so many people are going to suddenly be between Team Burger King for no reason. <laughs> like, I mean, because it's already happening with Transformers. It's not for another week. For those who want to par- partake in the Splatfest People that don't about, know anything about Transformers for some reason are going to know about Transformers. Yeah, exactly. Like, like to me, I'm seeing it everywhere now. So yeah. many there now. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant marketing thing. And, like, Splatfest in general are really cool. Like, I love that the game completely transforms. You go from, like, a daytime thing to the nighttime the thing. Changes. The music changes. There's, like, a party atmosphere. They even have little details, like, the uh, the, the Inklings themselves are wearing little, like, admission oh, yeah. wristbands. Like, it's at the concert or something. That's it's funny. so good. Like, everything about it is so perfect. And it really makes it feel like it's a special event, which is just another way to kind of keep going buzz and keep Wait, Isn't it, like, engaged. the day before Splatfest? I've never seen it, but I remember reading or seeing that, or hearing that, the day before Splatfest, they have like um, it looks like construction or like things are gonna be. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just have the trucks outside and see. So. And that go and to bring this full circle, guys, that goes back to my earlier point that Nintendo wants you to visit every day and use your system every day. You're gonna full go. Circle. Why is the construction here? I should check tomorrow. And then boom, Splatfest. And then you want to play Splatfest for the 24 hours. And then boom, the results are told only after you play again after Splatfest. It's a very <laughs> cyclical process here. But it's, it's, I don't know, it's just so cool how they do that. I, it's funny, because, like, Nintendo, we always give them crap about being behind online. Like, oh, they still don't have friend messaging they're on Wii. They're the only ones that do this. But they're the only ones that have figured out how to properly release post-launch content in a way that doesn't feel like you're getting ripped off. And that even though it's on disc DLC, for the most part, it doesn't feel bad. It feels right. Like, they, they mastered it. They can't figure out messaging. But they mastered <laughs> how to grip feed us, and they're doing it they so They can't well. figure out the most basic of they things. Can't, they don't understand how to communicate with one another, but they do understand how to sell you things. <laughs> but no, seriously, like, I was shocked at how well they pulled this off. Like, I have a feeling we're going to see not just Nintendo do this a lot in the future with their games, but probably a lot of other companies are going to pick up on it. I think we're going to see a lot of online shooters, the next Call, maybe not the next Call of Duty, but down the road, give like weekly Call of Duty updates and things like that. Like this... You think they even, set the bar? They... What? You think they set the I bar? Think, I think they set the bar. Yeah, they they definitely did. Because it's you, they, something like this in games never even really happened. I mean, you could argue iPhone games and mobile games do similar things like this where they'll give you levels randomly, but it's not this smoothly done, and it's certainly not done in a way that, like, the Wii U had nothing this summer. It had nothing new. No one that has a Wii U is going, gee, I need new games because Splatoon... I feel like no one's saying that because I feel like Splatoon carried it through the whole summer. Mm-hmm. which is quite a feat, and they were able to do it because they did this drip feed. So, so yeah, I, I am very happy with the final game because now we have exactly what was promised initially. It's all here, finally. There's probably more to come. There's rumors of Octolings being playable, but, like, people found it in the code. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, like, what we have is what Nintendo promised us to we would have. It's everything we needed. It's your friend stuff you wanted, Angel. Like, it's all here now. Yep. And so if you're jumping in now, you're in for an awesome experience with way too many weapon descriptions from Sheldon. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I can't recommend the game enough. Like, I'm, I recommend... I thought it was awesome when we played it the first time, and we talked about it in June after E3, but now I really... Like, this... If you own a Wii U, you need this game. It's you up do. there with Smash. It's up there with Mario Kart. It's the next great Nintendo franchise. I'm just gonna... I already say it. <laughs> I'm just, just going to say it. I'm just going to be bold here. No, but it's... Ten it's, years from now, people will be going like, yeah, Nintendo, Mario, Link... 
Mario, Zelda, Smash Splatoon, Inklings. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm serious. It's it's positioned and it has succeeded at entering like the top level of AAA. Actually, because Nintendo of how like infrequent Zelda games come out, maybe to the new generation, like Zelda isn't even that prevalent. Like a lot of the kids in like, Japan, it doesn't even sell. No, exactly. Like a it's lot of, a much bigger Western franchise. Like I feel like the kids, like if, like Nintendo, really is right now just like Smash Bros, Mario Kart, and Splatoon. Yeah. Like Zelda and Metroid, especially even Star Fox. Like pretty much all those franchises we know. Yeah. Are like like just there to please us now. But Splatoon. Yeah. That one's gonna have some legs. Yep. So so that's my 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 two thoughts. I mean, you guys have played a bunch of more stuff. online <laughs> games than I have. Like more online shooters, more online fighters. How how do you feel about the drip feed? Because like obviously I raved about it as someone who's like not used to seeing this it sort was of thing. Cool. But... Like especially like like going back to like my trip to Vegas, like it was cool. Like oh, I was there for the weekend, and then before that I was in Malibu. It was just cool. Like oh, knowing I'm gonna come back to all this content, just hearing it. Oh right, because so you're actually a good like case study of what happens when you don't play enough. It kind of sucks because I was like oh, for the first I'm missing out minutes, a lot. Yeah, but then it was like oh okay cool when I go well, I wasn't really happy with the bombardment of Sheldon news <laughs> and stuff. But... <laughs> yeah. They need a skip button. Yeah, like, I was kind of hoping um, Elvis would, like, open up my file and, like, Did go you? there. Nope. Clearly not. <laughs> but, um, and then, and Elvis, you play, you play, like, a lot of Team Fortress and stuff. How's this? Not in terms of gameplay, but just in terms of, like, because Team Fortress is constantly updating, too. Like, oh, yeah. Is this, like, how's this compare? Like, what's this, this like? Because Team Fortress, they do updates, but it's kind of like, here's a big update, we'll see you in six months. And this is, like, every week. I guess update-wise, well, they always have mini-updates. But not really game-changing updates. And then people, they have, like, a workshop that people can make weapons for them. Oh, that's kind of cool. That'd be a cool and thing. And then if it gets, like, green-lighted and improved, and then, right. like... But, um... I mean, as for... The modes are pretty much the same, kind of, you could argue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they both have a point control. They both have, like, a tower control. Bow well, because there's only so much you can do in the shooter space. Yeah. Like, unless but you want to like, crazy. Neither of them have a team deathmatch mode. Right. And the only major difference is, like, in Team Fortress, there's classes, and uh-huh. each class has their own very uh, arsenal of weapons. Right, right. And this one, it's like you just have what you have. Like you get yeah. a weapon set, and there's, no, that's what there's you like got. different classes of weapons. Right, right. But it's kind of like you you pick your weapon, and it comes with what it comes with. And, yeah. yeah. But but in terms of just like even the rollout, like do you prefer as someone who's been playing this sort of stuff forever? Do you like the drip feed approach, or do you like the the more big like the one. big releases? I guess I like the big releases. Like, like Team Fortress they, 2 always has major of, updates. They always have, like, they, they had, like, big events and stuff. Yeah. Right, right. Like, when they had the bread one, they had, like, all, was it a bunch of videos? Oh, no, yeah, they just had that one big video beforehand. That was really cool. So I guess a different way of putting it is if... Because they make them, like, huge events, like, when they come yeah. out. Was, well, like the bread one, and just those, like, little... Like, when they came out with the Meet the Pyro video, because, like, the Pyro, like, was a video that they were missing for a long time. And then... Yeah. They had, like, all these weapons and things that came out with it. Right, right. I guess another way to put it, I'm just curious, because, like, you are definitely more versed in, like, the shooter space than I am, Elvis. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, like, as would you have preferred if Nintendo didn't drip feed and just did everything in that August update? Um, do everything really, like, so far. Because that's kind of that's what, like, sets it apart right now, is they did the drip feed. But do you think it would have been better, as a shooter fan, do you think it would have been better if they were like, well, you'll get all this No, I guess stuff. I like how the, the way they made it was Splatoon, definitely, because since it was, like, a new game... Right. And the mechanics, you get to know how to play. And then yeah. they give you all this new content. It's like, oh, now like, this game isn't dead yet. We get right, to play more right. of it. And now the question becomes what will be next besides Octolings. But, yeah. but time will tell. And of course, you ready for this transition, guys? Oh time will tell. And of course, when they do announce it, we'll be sure to cover it here on the Roundtown Podcast. Speaking of oh. which, we're at the end of our show today. Pretty smooth. Uh, <laughs> so um, before we go... Like, with we the do- ladies? What? 
smooth like with the lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, so before we go, we do have a bit of business to attend to, which is the winner of our guacamole contest. Hope he's Mexican. So we everyone can enjoy guacamole and guacamole and, and Mexican food. Even though do you know, I don't know if you know, our prompt for this contest was tell favorite us your Mexican favorite Mexican food. food. That's only if you commented on the site. If you tweeted, retweet our specific tweet, you just had to retweet. And that is exactly what our winner, Zach Z, did. He retweeted. He got chosen at random out of everyone that entered. So congrats, Zach, or at Poke Chaos, or Poke Chaos 480. You are a guacamole winner. Keep an eye on your... Mexican uh, or non-Mexican. We'll never know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to ask him in the... <laughs> just like, hey, you can only That's win. Like Mexican or We're going to segregate a little, so let us human. know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Zach, keep an eye out. Congrats, and keep an eye out on your uh, direct messages on Twitter. We will be hitting you up with your download code for Guacamole. And we're not done with the contest yet. For our final summer giveaway, we, this will be number five and our last one, we are giving away a sealed Ness Amiibo. So if you still need Ness, who is difficult to come by, or you want to flip, flip it, we have it for you. All you need to do is go to com, leave a comment, and tell us what should they tell us? I didn't think this contester. Hmm. Should they tell us their favorite <laughs> retro video game? Considering Ness is from Earthbound, or should they tell us their favorite Earthbound enemy? Because Ness is from Earthbound. Um, they could probably make up the name of any enemy. You I know, know. We, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. know. We wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, Let's say favorite retro game. Your favorite little kid. It was a baseball bat. Yeah, what was the what was the word for main character? Antagonist? Protagonist. Protagonist. Antagonist. Antagonist. Their favorite little kid, protagonist. That's true. Any That's game, a good one. Any, okay. any game yeah. that has like a like a little like you have to be like Doesn't have to be a game, let's say movies too, because games are there's not, not a, that many games with Yeah, but kids. as long as they're not a teenager, like they're clearly like a kid. Any okay, so yeah, like, tell us your alone. favorite <laughs> child protagonist from media. <laughs> from any from book, movie it could be Huck Finn, it can be the Home Alone Macaulay kid. Culkin. It can <laughs> be it can be Ness. You could say Ness. Your answer can be what you're winning, that's fine. And we will choose one winner at random and send you a Ness Amiibo free of charge, sealed. Mint in box. So. Mint in box. And uh, also, we're going to There's gonna a mint s- in the box? There's a mint. We're going to throw a mint in the box. No, there will not be <laughs> mint. Oh, I should, I should totally get, like, just a bag of mints and just <laughs> pour it all over the... But, uh, That's your peanut sealed? Yeah, beer. exactly. Just just sealed mints. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're also going to send out a designate, especially, like, designated tweet that you can retweet to win if you prefer not to toss your childhood from protagonist. Because, you know, maybe some of you hold it dear and near your heart and you don't want to spill the beans. <laughs> too I personal. Know. I don't know. It's too personal a question. But um, we'll have our next episode on September 6th, which is Labor Day weekend, so you know. Um, I can't think of anything better to do than go to your end-of-summer barbecue, turn on the Rantel podcast, <laughs> and force everyone around you to listen to two hours of Nintendo coverage and, and uh, Runbow impressions, which will be <laughs> next episode. So we'll see you in two weeks. We'll have the Nest winner to announce. And actually, before we go, follow us on social media, because I realize we told you you can retweet a tweet, but we don't have the place to go to do that. So we're at Ram Nintendo on Twitter, as listeners know. Um, we're also going to tweet our next episode there, so you can find out if you won. You can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm JSR7. Uh, Angel is Wero, W-E-R-R-O underscore O. I think I slurred that, but that's okay. E-R-I... Wait. W-E-I... What? What am I saying wrong? W-E-I-R-O. Right. Thank you. And Elvis over here is Drake Redcrest, which I can't say correctly. Uh, coincidentally or not, that's also their Meverse handles, and I am Jason R. Meverse, so feel free to friend, friend or follow us there. And, uh... I am out of words. Bye. Bye.